Remember that? Remember that? Taking a while. No. The Let's Get Let's no. community. The Let's Brand Potato Chips. Oh yeah. Which all is right. is like we're a starting. Oh, we're always oh, we starting. Yeah. Okay. Son we're gonna bitch. just uh, all right. Ten <laughs> seconds in, and we're talking about chips. All right. Let's do this. Welcome to Between the Staples Radio Show. He's a friend from work. Oh, come on. All right. Oops, that was a little high. Turn that. Turn that down. So, we're back. We're back. It's been a while, um, but we're back. Oh, I can't sing the song because it's afternoon. Oh. Robin Hartley in the afternoon. afternoon. Uh. <laughs> Robin Hartley in the afternoon. Want to get all metal? Robin Hartley in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need Zeus to, to add He's a He's totally asleep. On oh, they actually perked him up a little bit. Ruh, 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 ruh. <laughs> Ruby Rack? <laughs> All right. Try a little bit of um, play with my audio thing here. Oh, we're good. Rob's we're good. playing with his audio. Audio a little bit. Phrasing. Um, so, awesome to see you again. Good to see you too, so sir. We're shaking hands here. We're shaking hands. Or shook uh, hands. And or today, like we are in the amazing and stunning and uh almost i'm almost breathless or, or, or the very or, distracting yeah uh hartley lair i'm gonna call it the hartley man cave the Har- hartley lair sounds better hartley than hartley lair. cave i kind of like hartley, hartley cave lair. sounds like a weird sex act yeah. <laughs> i did i did call it that on the blog yeah. but that's yeah. oh no, fair actually, enough speak, actually wait i can change that right now because i haven't actually posted that i've referred to it as a hartley cave too but it sounds like i'm just being a weirdo and i'm there, referring I'm to my the lair and it's posted yeah. there we go I just had a great poop right out my Hartley cave. That's what it always sounds like to me a little right, bit. Right, right. We call them man caves. I get it. I get it. And it is. I, call, know, I call mine a bat cave. I don't call it a man cave. So It is subterranean. I mean, we mm-hmm. are below ground, so. Mm-hmm. Man cave, Same so. with mine. Well, yeah, yours is more below ground. Than mine. Yeah. And it is a weird factor. Like, cave. in the summer, you know, uh, uh, it starts off really cool down here. Mm-hmm. And the further the summer goes, the more the ground absorbs the heat. We're in August now, so now it's not so perfectly cold. It's been great up until, sadly, the day you came. <laughs> Last week's gaming my, was perfect. My, my fault. So just to just to sort of fill in the cave here, so start it. It is it is amazing, and if you can, uh, Hartley has put photos up. Um, it's happened, and you, you can see it on his Twitter account. Uh, we'll put some links on the site later about it, but the posters. The books, uh, they're just stunning. Actually, I'm going to put my glasses on because um, I'm blind even like three feet away. Uh, it is stunning. Oh, thanks, the, brother. I love all the, the hero clicks, uh, which, you know, I would have up just to just as like that as display. Hartley has a beautiful display of hero clicks. That's all I would have my hero clicks for because I don't play. Um, as I'm, I'm kind of dumb and I can't figure that out. But <laughs> And I have no one to play with. But uh, I look here and they're all... Oh, there's the other... The other uh, Lightning guy, Sinestro. Sinestro with yeah, that's the one uh, with the Sinestro missing from the middle. Oh, right, the one that I took out for my little nerdy purposes. They didn't make Sinestro yet. Is that is that Metron in the corner? Uh, No, that's Master Mold. 
It's Master Mold. In my Sentinel <gasps> army, look up there. Oh He's surrounded by Sentinels. The Graves, the M the Spectre, yeah. Galactus, of course, over there. Yes. The, that Galactus figure was part of, so was sort of what was referred to as Galactus Gate. Um, when they produced that figure, they had made uh, not as many as they advertised. Oh. It was one of those wizard cons, and they aver- I think it was a wizard con, and they had um, uh, used that Galactus figure to promote the con, and apparently figured they probably got an extra, like, you know, uh, five, roughly like 5,000 people to show up at the con for that. Right. They produced about 500 of them. Oh, and they oh sold them all no. to vendors first. <gasps> Lineups out the door for people to get into the con. And when people got in, there was like three or four available. So that led to hotel rooms being broken into, cars being broken into, this giant just shitstorm of a, of a con. Wow. I got that a volunteer for WizKids because I was like, I really want to get one of these. And it was, you weren't ever guaranteed to get one. So I was judging at the time, volunteered for WizKids. And I go to San Diego anyway, so I gave up like, two and a half days of my time to get that and out of that came my re- meeting with Robert Kirkman oh, where wow. I am actually responsible for the creation of uh, uh, the uh, Invincible Heroclix set because I hooked him up with the marketing guys from WizKids and this was before wow. this was before uh, The Walking Dead took off huge so he gave me this giant stack of stuff I hadn't read of his stuff like um, his Battle Pope oh wow um, I forget the name of it but there was that comic uh, Tales of the Realm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I forget the name of it, as I remember yeah. it. Um, and uh, uh, Tech Jacket and um, oh, yeah. oh, that's uh, right. yeah, that's Reaper. Right. If you ever read, they did this one shot no. with Cliff Rathburn, I think it was, the artist. Oh. There's, there's this really cool, really gory, fun uh, uh, um, uh, medieval story. It was great. Wow. Yeah, so I, I gave me this big staff of stuff just out of gratitude. Because I, I was wow. talking to him, and I had my whiskey shirt on, and he had a friend who was into hero clicks, and he was like, oh, man, I'd love to see some invisible stuff, man. I was like, well, I can probably hook you up with some guys. So I came back with a card, and then uh, the next time I saw him, he was so grateful, gave me this big stack of stuff. And yeah, way wow. before Kirkman was the giant, enormous yeah. coolness that he was. Yes, he, I will Even take at the him. dawn of Walking Dead, he, I, I, I ran into him a few times at um, when I was not a pro and when I was a pro. Both guys amazing. The guy, he may come off a little... I find him sometimes a little bit arrogant on interviews. Yeah, nowadays. But nowadays, yeah. he's a little bit arrogant. And even a little bit back then, but personable when you see him. Right. Just incredibly personable. Yeah. Like, incredibly yeah. nice. And he'll hang out with anybody. Yeah. As long as it's not totally weird or something. Yeah. But he'll he'll hang out inside. And he, even he, I, we were on the streets of San Diego. And he was there doing photos with people. And this is like pre-photo uh, camera. Like people had them, but they weren't they were really shitty doing back then. Shitty pixelated selfies. garbage. Yeah. yeah. So uh, nobody was doing the heavy phones. selfies and all <laughs> yeah. that, right? And the, those weren't out. Uh, people were bringing out their digital cameras and stuff, and he was doing photos. And then he signed. He's like, "Do you guys have a? Pen? I don't have a pen with me. It's the one thing I don't do is I don't bring a pen, uh, because if I brought a pen, I would never stop signing stuff <laughs> right. if I had one with right. me. Right? right. This way, it puts it on you. And I was like that. And I stopped and I went, "That's funny." And he's like, "Yeah." Yeah, do you want a signature? I actually have nothing of yours. To, to <laughs> right. sign, I have nothing with right. me. Right. But if I did, it would be Invincible. Right. And he's like, oh, well, thank you, man. And I said, no, thank you. I, I absolutely love Invincible. And then when I saw him again in the pro, I was like, dude, when you, and like, it was, saw him in the backstage area. Right. Soon yeah. after we saw Whedon upstairs. Uh, sort of when you're going the back, like, you know, the the halls upstairs, you could go sort of, the, there's like a pro, or, not pro, but. There's like an area that went before they let let everyone out. Yeah. Sometimes they have pros and they have all the staff walking through there, and that's usually where they have. I think it's kind of like a side. Because you know, you're talking about the signing zone where people get their their swag bag and all that stuff, right? 
Uh, no, it was sort of like in this other area. I think it was just a pro area. It was okay. it was close to the um, the green room that they have upstairs. Gotcha. Which I didn't know until like gotcha. con was over that I could have gone up there and uh, <laughs> right. hung out. Right. Like, because I have a pro badge. Right. Now they have the different badges, different right. style badges. Right. right. You right. know if you're just comic pro. I mean, you can still go there, but there's like then there's a media lounge and then there's right. A, right. Grace Red Invincible, uh, my wife, solely because she went to the Robert to a Robert Kirkman panel in San Diego and she found oh, wow. him just so entertaining she I, she went to me, with me to a George Perez uh, panel and just found him boring as shit because he just talked about stuff she didn't care about uh, but Kirkman talked about stuff she didn't care about in a really entertaining way you know all these stories about I'm this weird creep who hangs out in my basement writing comics in his shorts and you know like a girl stout comes by and I answer the door in this dark basement in my shorts with a wife beater on realizing that oh I'm that creepy guy that she should be afraid of she she shouldn't have knocked on my door. Right. She just found him so infinitely entertaining. She gobbled up Invincible Volume 1. Mm. And that's it? Yeah, the hardcover. So she read oh, the yeah. first 12 and loved it. And Yeah, she never went any further than that. But she was more into it because she found him so entertaining. Right. She also read Fables up to about Volume 10 and uh, loved the original run of Runaways. Oh, yeah. By Brian K. Yeah. Loved that. She that was, that was a that wonderful book. series, yeah. that first run. Probably the last thing she read, actually. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, my wife read. You, you, this is an old school one. See if you can remember it. Maze Agency. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, that was uh, Maze Agency. Was um, Gerard, right? Gerard Jones. Gerard Jones. Mister Maybe on a pedophile now. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Or fortunate that he was outed. Or fortunate that he was outed. If he is actually a pedophile, it's a good thing we know. Like that Justiano guy. Loved his art. I still do love his art, but. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be so quick little, to buy it anymore. Little, little <laughs> off the wall there, and Gerard Jones yeah. broke my heart because I love that guy's stuff, man. I know, me too. You know, like uh, El Diablo, his original El Diablo run. I hated El Diablo. Did I loved you? the concept, but I found that book boring as shit. Every now you and then know, he'd do I, something I, that didn't hit for me, and that was one of them. Unfortunately, oh, apologies, but no worries. I, I, I really liked it mainly because I found it more fun of. Uh, person who's not a hero stumbling into that world. Yeah. And he was really stumbling into it. He really was. It was a bit too much for me, I think was the problem. It felt every book to me like, why isn't he dead? Right. You know, it was just... Which is funny because he ran into heroes who were always like that. Yeah. Why aren't you dead yet after all this? I I really don't know. (laughs) And that was the funny thing. And I I, I I agree. the comedy of that. The characterization was great. Characterization was amazing. But it just felt to me like it, it was missing some sort of something yeah I would have preferred there to be some sort of something established for the why he's made it some something give me something to hold on to other than he's just dumb luck you know oh why he survives all the time is that it yeah I felt like they needed something yeah I thought yeah. his luck could have been a power yeah exactly I but thought Parabic, it should right I mean yeah Parabic, what a oh, brilliant artist man brilliant artist lost long before his time yeah very much and then Another artist who was very much his style, Canadian, Ty Templeton. Yeah. Uh, very much the same style. He took over, I think, for a week. He, he, did, he, he did a fill-in here and there, I think. Because I remember it, it looked just like him, and I was like, this is... I remember I remember totally being in the comic store saying, this is like the best issue of El Diablo. Right, and they're like, right. it's not even drawn by Parabac. And I'm like, oh. And I could swear I, it was a Ty but if it's not... He I'd would make surprised. sense that it was him because if anybody could is... mimic that style to yeah. Templeton, I, I think, in all fairness, I think Templeton's a slightly superior artist to Parabic. Oh, I I agree. Because uh, that guy's a fucking master. That. Yes, and, I, I mean, 
Yes, he's a master. And, and one of the most fun interviews master. ever done in my goddamn life. Oh, really? What a cool human being that I'd guy is. I'd love to meet him. He, he looks great. so cool. He was so giving of his time, man. The guy was just fantastic. Just really? fantastic. Yeah. He, he's always on space whenever they want to do something. So I think they just right. pop over to his place and, 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 and you know, do any... Oh, it's a new movie coming out. Let's go over and, and interview Ty Templeton and see what he has to think about it because right. he's worked in the industry or right. whatever, right? right. right. Uh, I think he's kind of like their source for the um, inner space show or whatever, right? right? Uh, and I think he's pretty good friends with uh, those guys. The inner space guys? The inner space guys, yeah. Who I like. Um, I like a lot. I like the girl, now that she's left her uh, Cineplex uh, host job, because uh, she won the Cineplex host a few years ago, and she was the Cineplex host right. girl. And I, she still did inner space. She's my favorite part of inner so. space. I, I yeah. find those two guys annoying. I, f I like Teddy. <laughs> uh, the the other fellow, the taller, younger fellow, I AJ? don't like. AJ, I don't like him. Yeah, he's the one he I... He rubs me wrong. He's the one I find annoying. Yeah, I, I I should make that clear. He's obviously a super nerd, but he overly characterizes himself, and I I find that just really disingenuous. Yeah, he comes off like a bit of a robot with an overly stylized voice, and everything I do is so poised and not natural. Yeah, just, I, I don't know if he's a geek. That's the thing I question. Well, when I they wonder if he's a geek on camera. That's what I feel. Fair enough. That's but, what I but feel. The thing is, is if he's not a geek, he's prepared very well. When they sit down and have discussions about things that they like and all that, he seems to actually have... The moments that I like of him, where they're actually having talks like we are right now, yeah. he, he does seem to speak from the geek heart, and I like that part of him. But when he's presenting things, he just feels overly stylized. and Right. It's what I never liked uh, Electronic Playground. The, the, yeah. Those guys just seem too... I want my geeks to be like this, like yes, natural, like just talking from yeah, the heart. Like, like, like my issue, my biggest issue with Big Bang Theory being geeks. They're they're they're, they're not geeks. They're they're borderline geeks. They like geek stuff, but they don't talk geek talk. Like they love mm. everything. The only time they ever have anyone criticize anything, and and I've watched it. I still love the show. I watch it like crazy. But this is the one thing that grates me is it's always Raj. Uh, hating stuff and he had that issues with right. hating it and bringing right. it up with Stanley and Stanley not talking to him or whatever not signing right. his comic right. or bending right. his comic or whatever right. it was right and um, Raj always has to be the one bringing stuff up and they always shoot him down and I'm, That's I'm an tired of, I'm like, point, actually. They, aren't, they don't, they they don't engage criticize. in normal geek speak no, you're right they don't they, they, yeah. they love everything they, they enjoy everything and then occasionally something comes up where, where Sheldon will be like whoa I can't stand Azrael bad or something that was terrible right, right. And then that's it. He's ne and then it's literally yeah. used as a counter to a joke, and the joke has been yeah, twisted to be geeky. So they add that they add that little geek bit in there, and then it's it's gone. Like then there's last you, Robert. Now I'm going to notice this. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. But now the it's, one thing that bothers me about the geeky part of the show is whenever they're in a comic store, the comic bins are always perfect. Well, and they're not like yeah. comic bins. No, they'll be going through the comics, the singles, and okay, you've got. A, a row of comics with boards on the inside that are like uh, uh, you've got one guy on one side, one yes. guy on the other side. Oh, when they do that, both got it, got it, covers, got it, got it, got it, got it. But, that doesn't make any sense. Sides, but yeah. the books are facing towards them, and then they'll oftentimes have books without boards and bags on the outside. Like, what? No comic store does that. Yes, it doesn't even make any sense. Yes. So you're going through the front of a bunch of comics, and then halfway through, all of a sudden, the comics are facing the opposite direction. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Why would you do that? Oh, for a gag. Yes. Yeah, and I feel bad because I, one of my favorite characters is Stuart, the comic book guy, um, who, right there with who has some of the funniest lines. 
though the irony and and I think somebody who is a geek put that in there that like owning a comic book store means I have nothing else because all my money is here in the comic book mm. store. It, it's sort of an old gag, but like mm-hmm. good stores and his if it wasn't a good store wouldn't still be around. He yeah, would yeah. be able to have his own place and all that stuff. It, yeah. it would. It, it's funny for like the first time, maybe you bring Stuart out, maybe you bring it a few times, but then after that, especially when his compost store came back, it should be yeah. like they're doing well, right? I agree. I mean, I think both of us know that comic stores can struggle a lot, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if you're an established comic store and you've got your fan base or your clientele base, you're you're going to do well. Yeah. And there, yeah. those guys wouldn't go to a comic store just because there's no other comic stores around. Yeah. Because they did show another comic book store, which is run by another actor. Yeah, uh, one with like the the cafe, the cafe and, uh, thing. Yeah. You know, do you want to? Yeah, and then they had uh, Howard's wife go there and all that stuff, and because she was mad at Stewart, and yeah, and it's funny. And the one is the the best thing that they use when they use Stewart. I mean, outside from using him now is like, um, hopefully, I'd like to see him as a, a full time character on the show. I've always wanted more than just supporting, so I think he should be part of the show, right? Just like an adopted kid that keeps sort of fond- fumbling around with them I, I would like that um, and more than a babysitter like I'd bring more bring them back to the comic book store but what gets me is when he rips off Sheldon all the time like right. I don't know what to get something well here's this uh, Aquaman uh, belt here well how yeah. much is that well it's this much but you know I got this squirt gun here it's an original but <laughs> yeah. you don't want that <laughs> original wait what do you mean it's what yeah it's only <laughs> yeah. one of whatever <laughs> it's totally yeah. Yeah. and I'm just I was howling at how much he was ripping him off and everything right like yeah. you know just like and the, but I've been there like I've been on that other side I've been I've been Sheldon you know I've been at Elfsar when Elfsar was around <laughs> yeah, and, El, yeah. and Ethan going well this I don't I don't think I'm gonna get any of these other uh, lecular covers or something right Leticulars like, Leticulars covers which is the Every geek will know what we're talking about. Any geek who's listening doesn't know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Leticular covers are the 3D-ish covers, metal 3D-ish covers. Um, they change which, images depending on the angle you're looking at them. Yeah, it's the old school hologram, yeah. but refined to a like really well done. On one angle, uh, you're looking at the Flash, and on another angle, the it's the Flash who's skeletal. Yes. Which doesn't always that work said, so good. On on a free comic book day, I, I I hate I hate to say I bought some. along with uh, a Secret Empire uh, box, which you have. I uh, love lenticular covers. They don't always work. I do, too. but I love them. Just Iron Man. That's the old Iron Man, yeah, from the mm. uh, uh, the Brian Michael Bendis. I liked the idea of that armor. The idea of an armor that can morph into any other version of the armor. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I'm not crazy about the faceplate. Yeah, I didn't understand why. Why move away from the classic look of Iron Man's faceplate? That's one of the most branded elements of Iron Man and is Marvel. the faceplate. Yeah, and Marvel, and it's a simple dynamic: those basic eye slits, which it basically has, and the mouth. All they had to do was throw in the mouth, and it would yeah. have looked like a classic branded Iron Man armor. Yeah. Nope. Let's remove the mouth because we wanted. I find it so bizarre how Marvel's constantly stepping away from their branded images. We've talked about this in the past. Yeah. You got these huge movies. They're massive with Iron Man right in the center of it. Yeah. Fuck around. What are you doing not not giving people fans this this visually iconic image? Why why wouldn't you give fans why wouldn't you stick to that branding is what I'm getting at. Right. You get the guys who come into the comic store, oh, I want to buy some Iron Man comics. Oh, who's that? Ooh, that's a weird looking arm. It it stop making it so goddamn impenetrable, Marvel, you know? Right. Right. Now, as a bridge to Riri, I kind of get it, but they could have made Riri look more Iron Man-ish. Yeah. And, of course, I now he's just in his I classic like Iron Man armor. Yeah. Well, and which doesn't... 
Marvel fails on one big thing about and this this hits me with not just Marvel but DC as well. Ex when you do a change, fucking explain it somewhere, mm. please. Yes, he's back to his armor. Why? Why is why is hologram? Um, uh, the hologram Tony. Hologram Tony. Which hologram head Tony. I'm trying to get more like uh, a hologram great. Red Dwarf Tony, because um, that's really what he's like. He's like, what's his name from yeah. Red Dwarf? Um, he's a, a light hologram from Red Dwarf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But why that armor? Like, just I just want a little explanation or a bigger explanation or something, right? Just something. I got you. Just a hint. It could be just a throwaway a line, man. Just yeah. a fucking oh, throwaway I'm sorry. line. I'm sorry. Oh, he's good. He's I'm good. Sorry. That was Zeus. He sorry, I, I gave just, Zeus. I just tapped on. I just tapped on. He's Zeus. all good. He's good. Right. Zeus is good. Sorry, Zeus. Zeus is my dog. Yes, he's sleeping under the table. Yes, Zeus is sleeping under the table. <laughs> we have Zeus under the table. We have a god under the table. <laughs> we god are god. Fur and fury, <laughs> <laughs> and barking and mooching and just. Yeah, I'm generally sorry. Being I woke you up. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I took a couple minutes there just to give Zeus some rubs. Here. <laughs> oh, he's up awake. Zeus you is the center of the universe. You dopey head, I love it. So, should we be talking about Secret Empire then? Let's let's yeah. Since we started with Marvel, let's right. go into the uh, junk that is Secret Empire. The the comic book dumpster fire that is Secret Empire. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes, it is definitely oh, a comic book dumpster. It's God. it's like every Marvel thing starts pretty pretty strong and powerful. Has a good lead in. Much like Secret uh, Secret Wars, which had, well, I think Secret Wars had the best lead-in ever made for any comics. Uh, I agree. Series. That whole uh, everything dies, all those comics, the, the, the whole universe story, is over the universes, the yeah. whole yeah. everything, like the all the, the new epic, Avengers lead-in where they're going around killing all these alternate realities to stop from the conversions. and then the, and then Captain America shit. finding out and bringing his Avengers after it. Fantastic yeah. Four or yeah. Mister Fantastic taking the the team and going like underground. Yeah, and then and then Captain America not knowing how to find Mister Fantastic, so he, he hires a Sue. Yeah, and well, he doesn't have to hire Sue. He just tells Sue what's been going on. She's like, yeah, "Well, yeah. I'm there with you. I I'm going to stop my crazy husband." The only part about that that was weird for me was that was that weird run of Superior Iron Man. That Axis storyline was garbage. Remember Axis? Yeah. The villain Red Skull makes a bunch of heroes mm. evil and a bunch of villains good guys. What a stupid fucking idea. It yeah. felt like a 90s annual run that should have been contained to annuals and have no bleed over. And like, no, we'll leave some of the villains and heroes. You know, Havoc will stay a bad guy and Sabretooth will stay right. a good guy and Iron Man will stay a bad... Fuck off. Nobody wanted that. No, nobody wanted it. It died so quickly they should have just scuttled it right away. Yeah. Yeah. The old... White, but if you silver look at Art Iron Man yeah. suit, I mean the suit itself looked kind of cool. Yeah, kind of. Wow, it just dawned on me looking at that. I've got the Secret Wars poster here, the Alex Ross poster, and it just dawned on me that's the that was probably the carryover because that Superior Iron Man faceplate oh, didn't have right. the mouth. That's right. So it was a carryover from that. Yeah, the Iron Man nobody cared about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just came and went Go overnight. Um, I love that Starbrand's here. Yeah, man. Um, Nice bring and then also uh, nightmare, nightmare, yeah, nightmare, whatever. Oh, the night mask, night mask. I always forget that his Me name, but protects but, nightmares. So we're looking at the giant Secret Wars uh, poster here, which is beautiful, and has a, had a wonderful lead-in, like mm -hmm. he, just brilliant. Probably some of the best Marvel comics I've read in say maybe the last ten years is that is is Hickman's run Hickman's from. Run 
fucking rude. just you got to just take all of it in. They just got to put it, it really all together. It starts with Fan Four. That, and yes, I was just it about was to get there. His Fantastic Four yeah. was just it sets up everything that happens next. Everything you got like five years of just great comics. Like yeah, just this giant. Story I mean, the of. fact that the Avengers or an Illuminati of Marvel heroes fig- figure out that the universe is falling in on each other. Yeah. And the only way to stop it is make sure the next universe next to us or whichever is going to be a threat yeah. isn't going to be a threat. And they they go through all these ways to to stop it. And not kill and people. And they can't not kill people, but and it doesn't it, work. And then they find out they just have to nuke that universe. Yeah. That whole moment with Namor, too, where Black Panther's going to do it. And then he does it, and Namor does. And Black Panther's disgraced by the Wakandan gods and the Panther. All that shit was so... Fucking good! It was perfect that Namor two was the ruthless fucker who could pull it off. That shit was fucking brilliant. Ugh. Oh, and I loved. I one thing that there was never a payoff on that. Black Panther never got to kill Namor. He raved about it for yeah. about two years. Hyperion did, and uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was yeah. It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Set up Secret Wars, which I have to reread I'm still kind of hit and miss on it there's times where I was like it's just too much weird shit going on and there's another one of those things where they don't explain too much and you have to reread in between well there was a lot to keep up with there's a lot and there's a lot of different books that didn't totally fill in all the gaps and if you read it all as it was coming out it was this beautiful whole picture a friend of mine uh, uh, Jeff McLennan hey Jeff he read just um, Secret Wars on its own and didn't like it so much and it did dawn on me that you know, fair enough that if you weren't reading the whole story yeah. as it was coming out, there were huge parts that, that you weren't getting. Yes. And it yeah. was unfortunate that I thought it was brilliant, but there was that whole factor of, well, what what do you really need to read? What don't you need to read? Yes. You know? Yeah. What was filler? What was actually important, yeah. right? Same like, with everything Marvel does. With all their events, guess, they always yeah. have half of it filler yeah. and half of it not. And I think it's it falls that maybe the writers who are like, oh, I don't I'm writing my look. Just let me write my title, right? Yeah. No, no, you have to do a secret yeah. Empire tie-in. Yeah. Like I could see it now in uh, X Men Gold. Their their secret war tie-in is like a one-shot whatever, whatever, right? And then right. they're right back I, to I their story. The oh, it's I only good. read the first couple issues of X Men Gold and X Men Blue. It's, it's almost Claremont good. Hmm. It's it's reminding me. I'm not saying it is Claremont good because right. that was at a time when you, you have and to I distinguish were different. Claremont good because there's Claremont good and Claremont bad. Claremont I mean good. Claremont got really shitty yes. his last run of X-Men was fucking garbage and his, and when he came back to do that other revamp of X-Men or whatever that he tried it was just oh, like yeah. ooh, he had like, a bunch of misses towards the end there. yeah just, remember there was that whole run where there was a storyline that he had that trailed off forever that never got fucking touched mm-hmm. uh, or it took him forever to uh, wrap up remember there was that whole incident with Havoc and Polaris being driven off the road in Australia yeah and then it just took him forever to get back to that, which led to, I think, Polaris becoming a uh, malice. Mm-hmm. You know? Just that, yeah. And that yeah. was mired in crossover stuff. And yeah. I thought he was great. I thought Claremont was great up until um, probably right around there. Like I think when he had to start doing crossovers, because their title was the, the bestseller, right. and their title uh, by, was, by far. Was, was the flagship of Marvel. Gambit. So, Gambit was the point to me which Claremont fell off the deep end. Yeah. Because suddenly Wolverine just became this perpetual joke of a character. He was just uh, always fucked up. Storm, and that whole Storm losing her powers thing and then becoming the toughest X-Men ever without her powers. Oh, fuck off, man. Really? I, that's, I hated that so much. That's, that was the my, idea that was for my me hook was cool. into, into yeah. the X-Men. Because Storm was tougher 
without her powers than she ever was with them. That for me was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Oh, I liked it. Why I liked her so stepping much more up of so that. much. Yeah, it just it didn't make any sense. It no, was I, the whole, I, I get what you're saying. You lose now, your but... powers, and now you're a badass. When you're the fucking goddess of the elements, you get your ass kicked all the time. But lose all your powers, and oh fuck around. Now that I got no powers, I can kick everybody's ass. Like well, the whole thing where she beat Cyclops in the danger room. Oh, I love that. Loved pissed that. me off so much. Oh, really? I hated that so. I love that because much. I was tired of. I think, like, everybody tired of Cyclops being the leader, so I wanted See, someone to step up. I love Cyclops. He's my favorite X-Man. And okay. that was the beginning of the, the fracturing of Cyclops. They just they they dragged him through the fucking yeah. dirt with that whole Madeline Pryor yes. bullshit. Yeah, I agree. There. Everything about that was just, we're just going to make Cyclops lamer and lamer and lamer. Yeah. He went from being the guy who was the perfect superhero leader of a team to this whiny fuck. Yeah. Which was exemplified in the X-Men cartoon, yeah, where his main piece of dialogue was, Gene! I know. This dick who was just there to just make Wolverine look good and whine about Gene. Yeah. Although I do always love when, when Wolverine, that epi the one ep issue or episode of the comic cartoon, when he walks up and just punches Cyclops in the gut. Well, that version of Cyclops you know, deserved but, it, yeah. and that's what I hated. Cause yeah. And I hated that version of Wolverine because it, they made him Australian. No, that was the version before that. Oh, was that? That was the Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. Who oh, that's right. That's has right. the line, anybody want to shrimp off the Bobby? Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. no Wolverines in Australia, yeah. you fucking idiots. <laughs> and interestingly, Jim Jeffries last night was on um, was on uh, Colbert. And he mentioned their prawns. They don't have shrimp in Australia. It was one stupid ad campaign that has plagued Australians for with this idea of shrimp on the Bobby. They're prawns uh, in the Bobby, you fucking asshole. Right, right. Oh, North America. So getting back to so <laughs> the my so my my segue Spinner. was uh, X Men Gold is similar to Claremont Claremont's good run, which I, you know what I get that it right might the first be, issue might be I get my that. good run. Uh, my view on Claremont's good run might be your, but I, I think I agree with you because the first issue I quite enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, despite all that weird artsy stuff right. shit that happened. Yeah, and it did feel like old. They went got back to basics. Yes, you know baseball games. Even though the mm -hmm. whole idea of the X-Men's new base is in the middle of Central Park, and nobody thought that maybe the government would have a problem with that. And nobody thought that maybe putting the new school for the X-Men in the middle of fucking Central Park isn't a good idea, considering how often they're attacked and it gets blown up. Like, well, there, there's no there way is, the city of New York would be like, okay. No, they actually come over at city of New York. No, I got it eventually, but the idea that they yeah. were surprised by that to me was, fuck off. No, they weren't surprised. They came, he was they came, stunned. Oh, she was. Well, she was stunned when they gave him a bill. Yeah, right. Which, which I was, was like, dumb as fuck. She should have known that was coming. Yeah, she should have known there well, be repercussions for dropping the mansion in the middle of Central you Park. Can't just drop the mansion and have every a power work and have uh, that sewage. Where was the hookups? Yeah, yeah. I, that was my thing. Right, a yeah. little thing like that, and and it doesn't take much. Forge and Beast are off doing the thing, and Beast is having a hell of a time crawling under the mansion doing sewers. That's it. That's that's your one. That's yeah, your line. Yeah, it sure. could even come from like Colossus making a joke about it. Like I can't go help them. I'm too big. You know. It that's Anything, it. Yeah. Throw away. You know. Working Forge is, Forge is working the, the, the electricals. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. You know. Yeah. Like and Wolvie's helping him, you know, and that would have been nice. Even old man Wolverine being like, "Yeah, I remember when Forge taught me shit," you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I remember when Banshee taught me how to how to rewire the uh, oh, Banshee. The, the, yeah, I miss Banshee. Yeah. Oh, the Captain. siren's not even used, so it's not it's not even a, true that. Uh, but so said, um, touching on crossover, lane crossovers yeah. uh, for Secret Empire, and just Secret Empire itself. If we just look at Secret Empire, getting back to that, it. 
I think jumped the shark about three issues ago for me. Secret I Empire just, itself. Secret Empire itself. I just hit a point where I, I, I just don't care. I just want... I'm tired of watching, and I and I feel it when reading or, or even watching a show or anything. The strain is the same for me. I'm tired of the characters never moving forward. Hmm. If your heroes never move forward, I'm going to stop fucking watching. Right. Uh, Blacklist, same thing. Eventually, they could never catch the guy. I was like, I, I want to watch this. Huh. He's he's. So, did you watch the last smart. season of Blacklist? No, because I, I, I got I the got last tired season of, of Blacklist would turn you around. I'm sure because they actually started to just, delve into uh, shit. They finally actually explained what the relationship between Red and her is, and all oh. they got deep into it. Finally, what is it? He's her uncle or something? Well, I shouldn't tell you. You should watch the last well, season. I don't you know, enjoy I, it. It actually it does it does go it. somewhere. Finally, they does actually it? they get they they it felt. I know that they like flip it. I really hate the husband, and I know he came back, and I was like, oh, and he had his own sub show. Yeah, which I thought was really good, frankly. But, oh, yeah. I just hated that character. I just he was he was, he was my Cyclops. He was the whiny guy. I was like, oh, God, I can't stand... And then him being like right. a spy, I was like, oh, fuck off. You guys really didn't... If this was true, then kudos because you had me spinning right. the wrong way right. with it. Right. And good. But I spun so much, I just spun right out of the show. Right? So enough, maybe I'll enough. try... Because I love the actor, but um, I did get tired of him always uh, housing everything where he, he, just, he, just, he just knew. There was never a time where he was right. stuck in a corner... Or his back was up against the wall, and I want to see it occasionally. I, I like, I kind of prefer. Now I'm sort of saying that I don't like my heroes never having uh, a chance, but then at the same time, I want my villains to occasionally. I don't mind them winning all the time, but they can't win all the time. Or anti-heroes, like, they can't always win. Yeah. But I don't want my heroes to constantly be losing, right. and that's what I found with Empire, Secret Empire, is the heroes up till issue. So we're at issue eight now. I dropped off, let's say, issue five. I issue five of a fucking nine or ten issue series. That's like halfway. Your heroes should have some chance. And the heroes had these these yeah. frag uh, uh, the fragment, fragments of the fragments cosmic, of the cosmic yeah. cube. And they got a few, but then they didn't. And then they got turned. Then they had a, then then uh, Captain America's like, oh, it's okay. I have I have a secret. I have somebody in the crew. So now yeah. that's the big twist. Who is the who's in the who's on the heroes there's team? A spy. There's a spy or a yeah. traitor in the midst and stuff. And I'm like, no, because you finally started to go somewhere, and then you had yeah. to take two steps backwards. And yeah. and then they took out the base. And then like like the heroes couldn't move forward and then there's two big things that that got me this one one is what the hell happens in that first issue at the beginning you got to give something the time trap like a time travel you're going to time travel this out that's one of your scapegoats for this whole thing right. you're what you are you're uh uh no what do they call it um uh, do sex machina do sex yeah. machina yeah. is going to be the time the, the time which is the weird marvel thing don't forget that captain america came back because time travel bullet yeah yeah fuck off marvel. and then whatever the, the worst explanation and then the beginning of this had a time travel thing as well because yeah. they shot him into the future yeah but uh, which, which of course the latest issue is you know time capsule will save everything like oh fuck off well and then yeah and but and then the, it, then you read it and then it's like you have to and i screwed up I screwed up. I'm okay with that. I open it up, and it's like you have to read. You have to read Captain America 28, oh, 28 or whatever, yeah, 25 yeah, yeah. before you read this. Fine, whatever. Close it. Uh, open it up, and I read digitally, so I have to open it up differently on my on my tablet. You want to buy the damn thing? I was like, oh, I didn't buy that. So I didn't want to buy that. <laughs> buy the damn thing. Wait for it to download. Okay. Open it up. Read it, and that total garbage. Uber dose Machina with the whole barf inhuman. Oh yeah, I saw the preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I didn't read Captain America. I just saw on Bleeding Cool that he barfs up the. He barfs up a piece of anything I visualize. He barfs up a piece of the cosmic cube, which I I retweeted a a review on Bleeding Cool, which is really funny. It's like, well, if you can, uh, if you can puke something up by looking at it, why don't they get the picture of the full cosmic cube? Touch it, done. Series is done, and that's why because they can't do that. So I did a really loud snap there, and I'm getting really angry. But um, but it is that half thought through concept. It is. It's like suddenly it's like, that's okay, the answer. Okay, you gave us this, and there's the answer. But now, for whatever reasons, nobody's smart enough in the room. You know, Iron Man, he's just not smart enough. You know, none of those guys are smart. Fuck off! They're all smarter than me. If I could think of this, they could think of that. Yeah. And that's one of those. And how did they not know about with, that? When you've got writers that that, that just uh, uh, for whatever reason either aren't smart enough or just don't want to end the story or for whatever reason it's that whole it's always such a bummer when you're sm- when you're the smart guy in the room in the room full of superheroes yeah when you or me are smarter than Reed Richards or Tony yeah. Stark it's come on yeah come on man yeah and then my back thing is so they knew about so Barf is a known character yeah uh, you have Inhumans on your team they had part of the champions there why didn't they ever have, and this is this bothers me. It's the same thing that drives me with The Walking Dead sometimes, and some other shows, where it's like, oh, so all they need, all these characters need to do is to actually have two minutes to talk, <laughs> and they would answer all the problems. Yeah. Just just stop yeah. being angry, and somebody just start talking normally like a normal person would, and yeah. explain stuff. Yeah. Right. Because then it would, they would, well, then you won't have a story. But, but we need but, to force a lot of drama. Yeah, and and the same thing here. Yeah, it's like yeah. what you had in humans bouncing. You had. Uh, Mrs. Marvel bounce, or Ms. Marvel bouncing around she would have known and she, she's known about because she knows about the Inhuman community right she's off with the Secret Warriors right. they knew about it they, they, right. they referenced it in the latest issue of the Secret Warriors right. so I mean that's where the whole thing is, like falls apart I haven't read a single issue of the Secret Warriors any good? Yeah, it's all about them <laughs> during Secret Empire so if you're oh god okay yeah. right. it's Just all about it's in their Secret Empire worlds unfortunately right. um I don't like their Daisy. Um, okay. Very much feel like they're pushing her towards the TV, show. TV show version, right? Right. right. Um, which I, which I've, I've just, I can't stand that character on like, the show. On the show, I oh, want I her character. gone I love so that bad so much. because she, she, she hit that point of like, oh my god, I just don't want to talk to this show. Really? Just don't have any more shows about you being the sin. Her being the toughest, meanest bitch. When Agent May should be that, and passing Agent May was like no, no. After like two years, when you're like stuck in, she's a geek in a van who's stupid hot and super athletic, which is completely unrealistic. She's a hacker in a van like that. Well, I got a, the devil's then, argument for that though, because don't forget the whole concept of the humans is they're supposed to be physically superior, much like they they sort of lost the impetus behind that or the the focus on that. The original concept behind humans and mutants was that mutants were all inherently physically superior. Same with the humans. Basically, there was sort of this thing in the Marvel Universe where the average human can like bench four hundred pounds. The average human, which is stronger than I've ever been in my life, you know that, that I, most I, people, human beings that I know, could the strongest I guy I currently know can bench four hundred five one hundred one. Like Paul Lazenby, right? He's okay. a badass, right. you know. And so, yeah, the whole idea is that they're supposed to be physically superior. So the idea is that she's she's not supposed to be better than May. She's just physically superior than May. And they've never but actually. She's not an being. inhuman. She's not a true Daisy? inhuman. Yeah. Well, sure she is. No, she got only her powers after she got the thing, right? She's not. Yeah, but that's the, the, that's how inhumans work in the in that cinematic Marvel universe. But TV I version. think what they're saying is those those all those inhumans. And I think it's gonna well, 
I'm assuming, but from whatever thing I've read, is that the new Inhuman show is going to say that they were like the, like one step down from Inhuman. They're not true Inhumans. They're not true-blooded Inhumans. All the humans on, on Agents of Shield, right? Right. They're like mixed. Well, the, yeah, like they're, they're watered not, down versions of of Inhumans. There is that weird. I mean, because we're going to have the true Inhumans. Yeah, but it's the same thing ultimately. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess it just it, it just. It, it bugged me that she could learn everything so fast. I hear what right? you're saying, though. It, I understand she's the every man. She was the every man into the show. She yeah. was your eyes getting into well, that and world. Well, to your point, if they just given that, thrown that line out there, Inhumans are inherently physically superior. Boom! I would be like, okay. All so right. me, I filled in those gaps because I'm completely fucking obsessed with Marvel universes and all that shit. So in my brain, oh, okay, they're physically superior. All right. In my mind, May is the more talented fighter. She just isn't doesn't have the the natural proclivity towards sort of high, almost being a perfect human specimen, basically, is what right, every human right. is supposed to be. Right. She just wrote off, and really, I mean, it's true. Yeah. They've shown in the show. She wrote off her rap of being the, I mean, of being the caval, uh, the cavalry, right, in, uh, saving everybody. In the Marvel universe, they would say, us. "I think Karnak could lift like one point six tons or something." Karnak. Yeah. You know. Yeah. His power was sensing weaknesses. Yeah. Which, I love the Warren Ellis run, but I wish he hadn't. The whole idea that actually it turns out Karnak doesn't have any powers. Yeah, that was. Yeah, dude, come on, come yeah. on. I like the idea that he tells people he doesn't have powers to freak fuck with their head. Throw me that one, but you know, Karnak in uh, if you like Karnak, the Secret Warriors run might be worth checking out because he is kind of the old man, the smart old, the wise old gotcha, man in the show. Gotcha. Um, little bit of the Warren Ellis, but not totally. Um, he does kick everyone's ass, and he keeps telling everybody. He's like, "Well, why are we? You're not like somebody's losing fight, so you're only losing the fight because you haven't figured out the advantage is this." And then they go and they turn it on the bad guy, which is funny because I was like, the bad guy's like, "Oh, I gotta hide my, sh you know, I gotta right. cover myself because, right. yeah, right. but it's too late, right? Because Karnak's already sort of exposed the weakness, right. and he's told right. another member of the team, like the torch, their ripoff torch guy, um, Inferno, Inferno, yeah, which I, which I did like, and was it in? Uh, Either Secret Empire or Captain America, where they're fighting side, he's fighting side by side with somebody, and he's like, "Oh, hey, you're like the ripoff uh, original uh, Human Torch, yeah, yeah. Uh, version of the original." And the guy's like, "Sure," because he's so <laughs> young, he has no clue. Right. I was like, "That's that's that's funny." There are some little snippets that I always pull out of Secret Empire that I seem to like, but overall, I, I was really disappointed that this was the big hero moment, and I had to go read it. I had to go read the start of it in Captain America, right. and I'm sick and tired of that. I yeah. I understand yeah. it's it's Nick's Nick Spencer's other title that bled into this, and it, they're all going to bleed together. That's mm -hmm. fine. When you collect it, that issue better be in there because probably won't. otherwise that makes no. If you just read Secret Empire without reading that, yeah. it makes no sense. It probably won't be. Yeah, like and now I understand why Cap gets shot and then he comes back because he's holding the the thing. He could just wish for his life back, right? Right. Um, and obviously, it's not as whatever this guy barfs up isn't one hundred percent correct, because it didn't do exactly what they wanted to open up the the doorway. Right. The I don't. You've read Secret Empire. Yeah, I read this week Secret yeah, this Empire. Yeah. So I love that the other twist was that uh, Deadpool was totally on the hero side. He was helping them out, but he was totally on the hero side. Right, he right. did what he had to. And he knows he's going to have repercussions because of what he did is, you know, kill Coulson for Captain America. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did, was that in Secret Empires number eight this week? It was in, uh, no, it was in the issue. It's of called Deadpool. Secret Empires. The Secret Empires. <laughs> the Secret of the Empires. Yeah. It was in an issue of Deadpool. It was I think the, 
by and large, I felt like this week's issue was forgettable. The art was nice. The last and that's, few weeks. That's pretty... Uh, yeah, that's exactly where I was going. It feels to me like Secret Empire is largely just forgettable nonsense. It feels extra padded, and it's too bad. I like Nick Spencer a lot. And it feels to me like... Um, Everything he was leading up to is just this isn't paying off, and mm-hmm. I have this idea for a storyline that's. W- it felt like Marvel asked him to make it bigger than it needed to be. I think so, I think yeah. so, and I think they got into a point where they, they or he, and I say they being he and the editors, um, or he and the writing team that he wants to that yeah. he's with, yeah, um, which I don't know if it has any of the. Um, I like I like Nick Spencer as well. I just wanted. I would love to know who else was in the writing group or the editing yeah. group and the yeah. people because you look at some others and, and, and you always have a Bendis like Bendis it's come out Bendis and Hickman talked throughout this entire run yeah. right I, I don't say that Bendis is the best at events his events have fizzled out as well but mm. when you can get those heads together um, and present like a unified front you, and a yeah. cohesive storyline yeah they can all work together like this, this it's just kind of a mishmash nonsense it kind of yeah. feels like more editors involved than than maybe needed to be or something yeah. or something I mean, here it's, it's quite possible that since this this got such a weird amount of attention from you know the sort of the the, the SJ dub community that whole idea of, how dare you make Captain America a Nazi even though right. Nazis or the Hydra group wasn't really Nazis you know? yeah I'm right there with you that, that, Nazis that, they don't exist anymore we don't have that Nazis are something that came and went if we had Nazis there would be yeah. There would be a, a stand up. The whole world would stand up against it. We, that's not. Yeah, we got these we, weird. We use the term. Nazis. We use the term improperly, and I say we as a society these yeah. days. Neo Nazis yeah. exist. Yes, they're neo Nazis. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's call them what they are: neo Nazis. Oh, just fascists. Modern day. Well, I mean, they've been calling them neo Nazis for a long time, and these people they call themselves Nazis and they right. worship the swastika yeah. and they, they they they're big fans of Hitler's ideas and all that. Fair enough. They're not the Nazi party. They're neo-Nazis. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever see Banshee, the TV show? Loved that show. Remember the, the Nazis? Loved that the show so fucking much. That was so good. Maybe my favorite all-time fight sequence that scared the shit out of me, the one between the glasses dude and the native chick. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe the that way they wrapped that fight Unbelievable. Up. To this day, it still traumatized me slightly, but it was so good. I so wanted her to win that fight. Spoiler I alert. too. She I dies too. horribly. I did, too. Like, the nastiest death. And she asked for it. Oh no shit! Yeah, she's the she's coming. She's coming on um, one of the shows, uh, Flash or yeah, Arrow or something. Doing, or yeah, something, yeah, I saw her in something. that. Yeah, she's gonna or but or that whole hood or ornament to the throat was oh. like what? Yeah, but that guy was a great foil. It was great that he, he was, stayed to the was end, awesome. right to the end. I love that show. And that and so what a good. wonderful villain the yeah. the um, the 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 Dutch guy. Yeah, that guy was, was great. He was what yeah. he should be. If they ever want to do a to me a proper Fantastic Four, he is your doctor. He is your doctor Doom. Hmm, that's not crazy. And that's not. Crazy. I love the star of Banshee to oh. be the next Wolverine. Oh my gosh, would he be an awesome Wolverine? Oh. He's short as well. Yeah. He's got that. He can kick ass, and he he was a stunt guy for a while before he became an actor. So he can do all your crazy stunts. Interesting. And he can go out there, and they can have intense fight scenes. I would Imagine like to see Wolverine him, like I would like to see him get scenes. more jacked if he can. I don't know if yeah, he can. Yeah. I you know, it's there's a visual thing for me about Wolverine that to me they've always missed. Short and beefy as fucking hairy. Right. A hairy a guy with right. hairy shoulders. Can we just accept that Wolverine has hairy shoulders? <laughs> it, it's this Hollywood thing of uh, Wolverine uh, Hugh Jackman even joked about it back in the day. Well, as long as you don't mean to have a hairy back like Wolverine has a hairy back. Mhm. Mm-hmm. The idea that they want to get a Hugh Jackman esque actor again, like 
No, Wolverine's five two five three. Do you remember who three. was the first uh, actor who was supposed to be Wolverine who turned it down to go do Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise? He played the villain. He was in uh, that Netflix show about the vampire. Uh, oh, Hemlock Grove. Yeah, he played Never the he played the uncle. Oh, um, okay, I'm gonna look it up right now. Hemlock. <laughs> uh, I've heard really mixed things about Hemlock Grove. I never went there. First season, stunning. After that, it just well. Actually, let me say. First start of the first season, stunning, and and then it ended where you're like, what? Nah. And then I I couldn't even finish season two, like it was so it was right, like right. pulling teeth to get through it, and they Fancy just went sort of off the. Doug Ray Scott was the first cast, and then he he said no, I'm going to go do this, huh. be the villain with Tom Cruise, and I went to see that Tom Cruise movie when they were still shooting Wolverine, and I'm like. <laughs> I don't know who this Jackman guy is, but you should have been because by then he was only doing. Uh, he did eight, eight, uh, one or two small Hollywood movies, but he was mainly uh, right. Australian actor doing Australian movies, right. indie movies, and uh, stage and gotcha. love stage and musicals and stuff, right? Because he's such a musical fan. Like I thought, um, Hugh Jackman was fucking brilliant in Logan. Like yeah. Logan was oh, the Logan culmination was... of everything great about yes. the cinematic Wolverine, yes. perfectly. But I never felt like Hugh Jackman was Wolverine really. I've always felt to me like he was, he was movie Logan, right? You know, but like this idea of Wolverine being six foot three with really long legs right. to me was yeah. just you missed the whole point of the character. <laughs> Although the first movie, it felt like the first movie got the spirit of him better that, until Logan. There was that moment where the dude goes to hit him, and there's that metallic ringing after he hit him in the head. Yeah, and the, like the whole point of yeah, he's got a metal skeleton when he hits someone. It's like getting hit with a fucking sledgehammer. That I thought was brilliant, but they they sort of like. It yeah. was like this weird watered down version of Wolverine. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the X movies were just been the, quite the letdown. So, yeah. Uh, so, summary: uh, Secret Empire, not the greatest. Oh, so far. don't waste your time, folks. It's, it's kind of don't waste. <laughs> your, yeah, and and like I was telling uh, Hartley and I were chatting. Um, we chat on uh, Facebook Messenger, and. Um, and we don't we're, just we're, talk for the podcast, folks. Th- that's right. <laughs> uh, and we were uh, chatting about comics this week, and as we, we do, talk, as we do. And I told him how that kind of ruined my comic reading. After that, right? I had a. I, it's like I had a bad taste in my mouth when I finished it. And I had it the same thing two weeks ago when I finished. Soured your, your comic it tongue. Just, I was like, "What's yeah. the point of this?" You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And I know that Nick Spencer is out there defending the hell out of it, and, and good for you that you got to do this, and this is going. And I hope that the people who love it, uh, you embrace that, and and you go further. I, I would like to see him. I don't know what's happening with his Deadly Class. I, I don't know if it's on hold. Well, or Deadly something. Class, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really know what's going on with that. I thought I, I haven't heard any more news on that. No, it might just the first be because three I'm kind of, it. it's kind of focused on this. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I liked his Deadly Class a me too. bit better. I think he's I think he's much free better. reign of that. Yeah. Uh, makes me wonder how much editorial control or, or, or fingers are in things. And do, I've done work with uh, a compa company, I don't know if they're still around, um, here in Vancouver. And I understand the idea of, of somebody who's in charge putting their fingers into how a comic or how a yeah. story goes yeah. and, and driving it to a point mm-hmm. that I was forced to sit down and watch a YouTube video. And this yeah. is... This is the scene we want in the book, you know. It's like, right, right. Okay, I'm not writing the damn thing. I'll go talk to the writer now. Right. And I have to sit right. down with it. Well, make sure you play her the video. Christ, okay. You know, you know, like, and I have to tell her what we want, and she's and she said this is like this is very anti-women, like, right. 
and I was like, I know it's not the whole thing's not very, you know, it's we're not doing a good spin on things, right? It was we did a two part cover, two is it the boyfriend girlfriend each their point of views. So mm-hmm. you flip the comic right. and they met right. in the middle right. at a club. So That's you get a cool. cusp. Right? It was awesome. Like laid out is a great idea. Mm-hmm. The only thing is these two characters weren't the main freaking characters that the IP was pitching, right. and they were trying to do those things like those games that you play out there that people are into like solve the mystery of this right. and this and this right. and then right. you'll get this right i just didn't get that i was just dis- i as being the comic editor was disconnected with right i came pitching this and we're off doing this that's gonna segue here but right not fucking really like just make these two here's your two characters and make them over here no you can make these other two characters but but there's your character like i didn't get that right i don't yeah. get that i i feel so. like secret empire Suffered from See, what I, 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 I Ultimate <laughs> Three suffered from when Jeff Loeb took over. Oh my god! Now I've heard a lot about uh, uh, drink all this uh, what Jeff Loeb's like in the writers' room. Oh really? That Jeff Loeb in the writers' room, he's always got the counter to everybody's discussion. He can, he's great at uh, uh, in the writers' room at um, countering things and defending things. But then when it comes time to execution, Ultimate Three was fucking horrible. It made no Smallville. sense. Apart. It was that well, his son died. Yeah, that's true. And then what did he do right after that? He wrote the whole thing about the everybody's feelings about Cap. He literally wrote that stages of grief thing. And then there was Ultimate Three, which just felt like fuck the world. It's yeah. chaos and madness. Yeah. But it didn't make any sense. There was no internal logic. There was a flood, and the Blob, who was a totally relatable character in the Ultimate Universe, totally relatable, very down earth, yeah. is suddenly eating the wasp. Right. He's gone less than a day without food, and now he's a fucking cannibal? It didn't make any sense. The whole bit at the end where Giant Man walks off surrounded by the, the, the Ultrons or whatever the fuck it was and gets blown to pieces, just every moment it was just... It felt like a clear expression of his grief put on the comic page that shouldn't have been ever created. Mm-hmm. And all this solid art with just garbage story behind it. Did Cyclops getting his brains blown out at a press conference in the oh, end? Yeah, Half the guys just dying off panel in a flood? Like, oh, yeah. What that the fuck? That was terrible. It just, it was garbage. And the whole point about Ultimates was this grounded world that suddenly just went way off the deep end. It felt like, like 90s turned up to fucking 25. Yeah. So it feels to me like Secret Empire is part of that. It, it fell prey to the same victim. Like in the writer's room, they held these great meetings and discussions and they planned everything out and it all made sense to them and then they produced something that fucking missed the ball. Which, yeah. let's be fa- honest here, I mean, in the world of creativity, it's hit or miss, man. You know, you can pour your heart into something and it doesn't always work, man, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like my right fear about Mr. Miracle number one was when I heard King talk about, I'm really putting everything into this, this is, I mean, I'm experimenting. My first thought was, oh, fuck. Right. Experimenting means this might be a whiff. This might be a giant whiff. This might be like his first, you know, um, story arc in Batman that was just uh, I am Gotham. That was just like, what are you doing? What's so Batman beats up Solomon Grundy by giving him a judo toss? What? What? Gotham can't beat him up, but he can take on the entire Justice League. Right. But he can't take on Solomon Grundy, and Batman beats him up with a judo toss. And, like, the stupidest judo toss of all time is, like, an overhead, like, wrestling single arm. Like, what? And I was waiting for an explanation at some point that Batman took some sort of juice or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something happened yeah, that weakened Solomon. Armored up. Nope. Yeah. He just overhand flipped Solomon Grundy through the air into the ground and knocked him out. Like, what? Yeah. The guy you could take on Superman yeah. is knocked out because his own body weight was too much for him? Because Batman? What? Because Batman. 
Yeah. But of course, by the end of that run, there was the payoff of what what uh, Gotham went through and Gotham Girl went through was brilliant. It was there was an emotional there, arc that it was solid. It just there was, but there the was mechanics times where didn't make sense. The going to Bane and that whole thing with Catwoman, I I, I really liked that storyline. I am sin. I thought it was brilliant. Oh yeah, I I did. I, I, I got I I, I, just, I was like God, can't you just get there already? Like, well, I to didn't... me, the payoff for that was the whole knowledge that Batman tried to kill himself. That that made all the sense in the world to me. It's it's that that paid off for me. That made everything really work. And I, I found that the further on his storyline went, the more there was the payoff that he was he was getting at something. I also quite like that that whole constant story arcs. I am, I am, I am. Right. I am Gotham. I am Sin. You know, that was, that was solid stuff. And the art yeah. really stepped up too in the second story arc. The art was amazing. I have much preferred Detective overall though. I mean, fucking as Detective this is week. just unbelievable. Holy. Fuck was that good, man. That Asbat shit was. The only thing I didn't like, I wish they made it bigger. Was when Asbat gets his his back supposedly broken in his fight with his brother. Well, it was just a nod of it. I didn't uh, think he was getting it was, his it was back. It was a nod of it. I know, but it was yeah. too small of a panel. Sorry. Just... Well, if it was too bigger panel, they would have given everybody the impression that he actually had his back broken, right? Yeah. It was, maybe. They were just going through emotions and a nod of the hat, you know. They, hey, remember when this happened? You know. Yeah, big legs. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh yeah, and Zeus is a grumble pants. You know he's yeah. he has as Rob, my other buddy Rob P. Rob Petrie, puts it. Zeus has different rules for feet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Don't be sorry. sorry. He's a princess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Secret so Empire. Secret Empire, not that just isn't. It's not pulling on its weight. It no. might be one of the first Marvel crossover series that I won't buy in collected format. Wow. Unless I get it like really fucking cheap. Because yeah. it's just, it's been a bummer. It's been just a big, stupid bummer. I mean, you blow up fucking Las, uh, 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 Las Vegas. Las Vegas. This whole New York under a dome thing. It's, you know, I, I've been, I've been going as I showed you through all these epic books, you know, and I, I love the epic collections. I'm a fan of, like, all comics and. Once upon a time, As you can see in this there was massive <laughs> comic collection. Here. There was a status quo they would maintain really well. Once upon a time. You knew what costume Captain America was going to wear. You knew what costume Spider-Man was going to wear. Yeah. You had, like, a standard you stuck to, and you played around this sort of loose framework of this status quo. You'd do everything you could to maintain. Because, hey, let's leave Captain America the way fans want him. Let's leave Spider-Man the way fans want him. Let's leave Thor the way fans want him. We'll put him through some story arcs here and there, but we'll put them back to their status quo. And then that's been just lost. It's yeah. like every year it's about completely rechanging the outfits, completely changing the status quo. And we got to a point in comics where too much changes too quickly and there's never a status quo that lasts more than a year generally at Marvel. Yeah. DC Rebirth, they've been doing a better job of it, but even then there's some weird shit. Like Superman only had that Rebirth costume for like a year, not even a full year. Yeah. Yeah, not even a full year. Not even a full year. Before he switched to the next stage, which, okay, fair enough, but I would have liked... A little bit longer that stick with that Superman costume for a while so that you don't end up with moments like in the last issue of, of um, Liam Sharp and Rucka's Wonder Woman Liam was drawing them in the first version of the outfit and obviously had to rejigger the art to oh. make it look like you could because he gave him the cuffs on the wrist that he didn't have later on and you could tell that belt was just a recolored version of the the other prior belt and that wouldn't have been a problem 
if they had stuck to that outfit a little longer, because yeah. clearly he'd done the art for the book before they knew about the change what in the costume. Yeah, yeah. Like, and all these little things are just nitpicks, but on the greater scale of things, you create more of a uh, a solid product with a sense of direction if everybody's on the same fucking page. Yeah, I, you know? I get it. I mean, even when they made Superman Blue and Red, how long did it go for? Like two years, two and a half years. Way like, longer than it should. Maybe it, yeah. Like that, I, I agree. Way longer than it should have. Well, that's true. But at least was. It oh. was in so many comics. It was. Everyone knew how it was. Yeah. That was the standard. I yeah. think every artist was probably sent, you know, there's the guidelines. We've we've updated yeah. Superman. Here's how you're drawing him yeah. now. You know, the if funny you're drawing thing about blue, that, I found every other, every book Superman was in other than his own book, still got Superman right. But in the Superman books, it was like, it was all this. It was uh, Superman, you know, his Clark Kent now, he's going to get fat because, you know, he transforms the energy being and... Yeah, he's still struggling with his powers. And over in JLA, he's still fucking Superman. He's, you know, locking knuckles with Asmodel. He moves the fucking moon. He's doing Superman stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Superman books, well, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, even, even it, like, one of the only moments I loved of Sovereign 7 was when Superman, Electric Superman, was in the book, and he still felt like Superman to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, branding. Yeah. So let's move to okay. So we're done with Secret Empire because no one needs. We don't need to go further. On we that. don't. And um, uh, uh, one sec. Mm -hmm. Would now be a good time for a break. Yes. I say this because I I drank a whole pot of coffee, and probably <laughs> a liter of water, maybe before we started. <laughs> okay, let's put, let's get a song here. Uh, My bladder is full. Is what I'm trying to say, folks. I gotta pee desperately. We're gonna do uh, "Feel Good" by the Gorillas. Oh, nice, nice. Which was I don't know how Oh, it's four minutes. So we're Perfect. gonna switch that over. We're an hour in, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it felt we'll like an back. hour in, and that's a good time for a pee break. It is. I've been holding it in for a while now and not saying anything. Have I looked squeamy in my squirmish in my seat over here? A little bit. <laughs> Yeah. 
Again, we're late on the music. Were we? Eh, Was yeah. there dead air? We're a dead air again. I'll try to clip it. But <laughs> uh, we were a little bit dead air. We had to have a break. I had to play with Zeus. I had to dump a liter of bladder. <laughs> that was huge. But so, in summation, Secret Empire is a giant pass. Yeah. After an hour of rambling about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad, because, you know... It is. It, it is. had so much promise, and the whole thing with it... It felt to me Good like... Good build-up, I yeah, thought. Solid yeah, build-up. I agree, I agree. Yep. It's just too big, I think. In in the grand scheme of it, it would yeah. be one thing if he just had Hydra, and they had a small base, and they were fighting the Avengers. But everything that's happened The whole is world's so taken grand. over, and there's yeah. a planetary shield, and, I'm gonna and go Vegas after the is leveled, and... I'm going to go after Wakanda now, and I'm going to yeah. go after uh, Atl- Atlantis, and... Yeah. You know, and, and then the, the Namor playing his... For me? Yeah, and uh, Bucky, where did he come from? Namor just had him hidden away, there's no explanation yeah. Which of that. Which doesn't also... Was he puked up by Barf? I got the like, first issue of that Secret Empire crossover with Namor in it, and it so didn't feel like Namor. I was expecting yes. to reveal to be that it was somebody disguised as Namor. Right. One, because he was acting like just a regular Atlantean. You know, like he didn't seem to be that, I can fight Hulk level, level Namor. Yeah. There's another weird thing about Namor. Writers have a hard time with Namor. Mm-hmm. It's like he looks fleshy, so, huh? It's like writers seem to not get that this is a guy that is can beat the shit out of Iron Man, can go toe-to-toe with the Hulk. He's Omega level, isn't he? Or just he's, under Omega level, yeah, I believe. 
you know, he's supposed to be one of the world's most powerful beings, but yeah. it's like they forget it all the time because he just looks fleshy. It's like yeah. Superman looks fleshy. Nobody yeah. forgets how tough he is. Yeah. But it's, there's a weird thing with oftentimes characters get written always as sort of wimpy. The angel. Well, he's just got wings. Yeah. Well, Batman doesn't have any wings. Imagine if Batman had wings, how much of a fucking badass he'd be. Yeah. I mean, those wings alone should be tough as fuck, strong as hell. He should be able to break people in half with those goddamn wings. One swing of those. Like, an albatross can break a person's arm. Well, an albatross is a lot smaller than the angel now, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's but these scales. But I don't people reach that and figure that out. That's right? what I mean. It's like... That they just don't know, so they just write what they kind of yeah. know and its limitations yeah. on but what like, they have, But, like, first right? issue of X-Men, you got the angel darting like a hummingbird in and out of his spinning blades. Yeah. I mean, that alone tells you how fucking fast those wings move and how powerful they would, would have to be. Yeah. But it's that... But comic fans you, aren't necessarily you, smart, and comic writers aren't necessarily smart. True. Stanley made up a... He didn't get science at all, and, you know, I mean, most comic fans don't know the difference between chain mail and scale mail. Yeah. It's right there in the name. Chain scale. Chain mail is made of chains. Scale mail is made of scales. But people don't get that, which fucking blows my mind. I mean, I've, I've had little discussions with, like, Eric Larson online about this, and it's like, oh, he, most people don't understand that. How do you not understand that chain mail is made of chains? Or you can't Google it in, these day, in this day and age. Yeah, you know? I just don't get it. Like, How do you yeah. look at that and say, that's chain mail? Show yeah. me the chain. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Fucking fans. Yeah. Uh, Where was I going? I was going with something on that. Secret Empire being a bag of poop. Yeah, but we were. Uh, <laughs> the step beyond that was. Um, oh, I can't. The scope of Marvel events? No, I think, and I think I'm just in events in general, and I'm not going to keep dragging on Marvel because we've we've done it <laughs> enough, and uh, they I, I feel that they've been more hit than uh, missed than hit. Sorry, right? Um, but flipping over, we've got uh, general. Oh, see, Zeus Zeus agrees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but flipping over to DC, this week we have two. Well, one really strong title I'd say in, in Mister Miracle. Oh, you did enjoy Mister Miracle. Um, <laughs> I'm on the fence of that one. Um, Fair enough. It is probably going to need some time. For it you is to really, really different. I love really Mr. Different. Miracle as a as a as a hero. I'm a Justice League uh, international in, international ju original Justice League McGuire, right, G right. Uh, Giffen, Dematis, uh, Dematis, Dematis, um, Dematius, Dematius. Yeah, uh, I love their run. It, Me it just, too. Up just, until a point. Yeah, it, it, like everybody. They, Once they, General Glory came around, it just became a little too silly. It, it They eventually hit the point of always being silly rather than just having good adventures, yeah. which they had yeah. really good adventures. And I think the when they hit 12 issues. Was, yeah, yeah. Maybe even the second. Just as the gear maybe had a great initial Season arc. one and two, the first 24, I think, were, were pretty solid. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Blue Beetle getting fat and stuff. It, w it was a good joke for a little bit, but then they just went too long yeah. and everything. Yeah. But Mr. Miracle and then. And then they spun off a Mr. Miracle series as well. Yeah, I recall. I loved all that. And then Oberon, he just dies of cancer. Maybe. Uh, or maybe, whatever. I mean, no, but the whole impetus of that is, issue is that, is that Darkseid, there's that whole mm -hmm. subplot of Darkseid got the cosmic equation or yes. the, um, the anti-life equation, yes. and he has the ability to rewrite reality. Yes. So if Oberon's dead or not... Yeah, so is Mr. Miracle re you know, is it, or is he dead, or is he dying, or is he in the middle of... I mean, there's a lot yeah. of great yeah. questions, and that's where I'm yeah. on the fence of it. 
the, the art eyes is, color changing and you know, yeah. we're spoiling the fucking hell out of the book that's true that's true but the, the scotch tape on the art have you seen did you see that and the, um, the art was stunning it wasn't the way that guy they, they told those stories those those pages the nine, nine, nine with the sort of the shitty tv screen all like sort of digitally fucked up was really brilliant at a glance when I looked at the book initially, I thought, "Oh, what's this garbage?" It looks like but then when I read it, looks it, like it bad really printing, right. Like when I just flipped through it, yeah. we, um, Hartley had it here, and we were talking about different uh, comic art, the grades and the yeah. grades and stuff yeah. um, before we started the show. Cardstock cover versus the interior, yeah, and, and which was better, it? which we could totally get into, and I and I would like to. But what what I was going to say is when I was flipping through it, um, I didn't flip through it digitally quickly. Um, I did just go page by page, and that maybe that's why. But when I flipped through it, I thought something. If I had bought that, I think something would have been wrong with the. I wouldn't like something's wrong with my issue. Right. Yeah, uh, the, the that was quality, my first. My first screwed up at a glance. Like, that's what I thought was this yeah. a mistake. But it, you know, reading it, brilliant. It, it, it's brilliant. Yeah, it is. It is brilliant. And there's times, but I'm like a little like I don't want Oberon dead. Me neither. Um, <laughs> Barda, whatever the thing there is, right. Yeah, um, there's, there's a lot to parse out, but it's issue one of yeah, and what it, King calls his most ambitious series to date. So, which could be really amazing, and I hope yeah. it is. Uh, I didn't too. like, uh, but I kind of liked how how much of an asshole uh, Orion was because I always kind of got that. And that that's that Orion's whole thing. He's to, a dick. Orion's a yeah. dick. Orion's a dick, and it was so well done. In, that makes sense. In, He's dark in side that son. Justice League International when he came over and he was a total dick, and they're like, "Man, he is worse than Guy ever was." Yeah, and I'm yeah. like. That's he really funny. is. Yeah. And they're both redheads. Oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's kind of mean. And and uh, Oberon makes the... And I did reread Hal Jordan and stuff. I didn't like the first quick read of it. Because at first I was just like, oh, this... I felt that they rushed the end of the Green Lantern Sinestro team up. I didn't think that got... Would that get three issues together? Four, well, maybe? it was longer than that. It was probably like a good six issues at least. If not eight. Oh, the, the 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 Green Lanterns and Sinestros being on uh, like, on but Moto. actually doing because so, because it for a while it was the build up of them being together, and then there was the build up like you're seeing seeing inside the police police department of them interfighting and yeah, all yeah. that, but you never saw them do anything. Like, what did they do together as a as a team? That I don't. I don't remember them doing anything. What did they as do? A, fair amount. Like they, they remember, don't forget there was the whole Guy Gardner or Kilo thing. They went and dealt with stuff as a, as a duo. Um, right, but they dealt with little tiny things. Well, they, they group, didn't give them a full year worth of stories. Yeah, right? I think they yeah. should have done more with it than to quickly rush her off to become the next Sinestro. It's like I, I uh, the only thing I didn't like about all of that was that not one person said she must be possessed. Right. She wasn't acting like herself at all. Yes. She acted like. Uh, the villain in the Sinestro series prior to that, which was woefully uh, underappreciated. Yes, a great series. Yes, she was always the the stalwart moral center. I agree. Leading her dad to closer moral center. Yeah, and the idea that suddenly she just like scars Kyle's yeah. chest and and he doesn't go, who the fuck are you? You know, Miss, I'm like Miss Medical Gal who does everything right. to help everybody. The whole idea that she's pissed because their future son gets made unmade, like what? Well, okay, well that I mean Come that on. could be a. a but if you a were talking spark, like a but... future thing. Yeah. A future son gets unmade. It never happens. Like what? You didn't want to be with Kyle. Yeah. So what the fuck? There, you, I, you know? I agree that there is some some weirdness there because suddenly Something also to Sinestro her. is 
what's her and name? Then that whole thing uh, with, uh, Larka yeah. or whatever her name is. Yeah, Lysa Dark, Lysa or, whatever. Dark or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Brought back Sinestro, the charred body of him. Shark teeth. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think, uh, or the book I always remember is the the book, the person, book of parallax, book of parallax yeah, yeah, person, yeah. Uh, or the, the the oracle of parallax. Whatever. And why aren't they called the Parallax Corps? Huh? I mean, yeah. Parallax the thing they worship, not Sinestro. Is it Sinestro Corps? Sinestro no, because Corps Sinestro cool, wants but... to be worshipped, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Pa- Parallax doesn't care, right? Parallax is all about fear. Parallax Sinestro wants to be entity. worshipped. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but unbeknownst like to himself, Sinestro thinks he's a good guy. I think Sinestro's in uh, in her body. She, Possibly. He, she just brought back the body, but Sinestro is right. living in his daughter's. Yeah, that makes sense to daughter's me. Thing. It's just weird how it came about, kind of like. Like yeah, that. she instantly started acting like Sinestro, yeah. and nobody goes, "Well, she's obviously not herself." Yeah, it's like if you when you came by today, I was scowling at you all the time, and every now and then saying, "Well, fuck Robert," you wouldn't go, "Hey, dude, what's wrong? Like yeah. you're acting so weird, know, right?" And that's yeah. one of the weirdest things about the, the dumbest cliche of comics is when characters start to act completely unlike themselves. Like you were saying earlier on, they just don't have a discussion and say, "You're acting really weird." Like, <laughs> are you okay? Did I do something wrong? That's what people do. Yes. And I find one of the stupidest things... My, my, my only gripe with the comics that I got this week was in Superwoman and a little bit in Supergirl. Um, oh, there's characters talking... Unfortunately, when Simonez left uh, uh, Superwoman, it just went right downhill. Uh, um, is that why they're canceling it? Probably. Yeah, more than likely. You know? And it was never... I, I don't think Jimenez is a great writer. He just has really good ideas. His script writing, his dialogue writing is okay. But he's got really good ideas, and he jams them packed. Sort of like Perez. I think he's like a, a better Perez as far as writers mm. are concerned. Okay. Um, but there's these moments where people are saying things, like I said, of, don't go over there. Do not go over there. Like, people don't talk like that. Right. Yes. We don't, can't, not, cannot. Nobody fucking talks like that. I know, I know. You're, you're bang on. I was, when I, I wrote a, a little thing for Arcana for this uh, dark uh, uh, anthologies thing, and I had to find an artist and... Old Sean O'Reilly, he's been very nice to me, that man. Sean O'Reilly, great guy. Gives me a great lot guy. of great stuff. He is a great yeah, guy. He is Good on him for working with Stan Lee recently. The success, oh, success yeah. of his son as an actor. Good for him, man. They're yeah. both wonderful people. I met him yeah. bouncing. Oh, really? Uh, I bounced uh, for an after party at that oh, monster wow. show they did, Monster High. Him and uh, Michelle. We, it, we That's it just, cool. When he came through the door, I was like, wait, Sean O'Reilly from like Arcana Comics? He's like, yeah, <laughs> man. I was so bummed out that Greatest American Hero comic never really fell out. He's like, <laughs> Whoa! You know, he was, he was kind of blown away that I knew my shit, and that's what I think. Our mm. bonding was, man, you really know your stuff. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, the, I, him and Michelle are great. Yeah, I they are, and I should have um, when I was involved with comic stuff. I should have gone to. I think looking back now, maybe I should have gone to him with the IP and stuff that I had right, um, right. done. I think we could have done a lot more, and I kept probably had had a lot more because I think Sean's a um, he's a pretty great guy. Um, he's very giving. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a good guy. If he likes you, he can other give stuff, you a lot of stuff. But he's he actually um, I met him through uh, James from Elsar. James was working, and right. James and I working over in Montreal. Hey, shout out! You're never going to hear this, but uh, James now working over in Montreal at Ubisoft. He's actually I think he's oh. writing on the um, uh, Assassin's Creed game and a oh, few me, others. Me, Maybe me, the upcoming me. Far Cry, which I will buy. Uh, which even though I I'm total side note on comic or game stuff. I've never been so upset with a video game like I was with Far Cry 3 where they made me play such a douchebag who leaves his friends to die. Oh, gotcha. And right. he's literally a douche. He's crying every time you're doing this. He's whining. Oh. Like, you're playing a character who whines. And I'm like, 
This is getting on the. They actually had a thing where you can mute his voice because right. they knew they put it in because so many people. So it's like playing the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One. Yeah, and and you're God, being a, I hate what they did with Katniss. Yes, yeah. and and you're oh. being a guy who's like worse than Katniss about whining and stuff. Like he just well, he she just, was also crying. So, it was nonsense. It was just crying and whining through the whole part yeah. one of and then the two parter. He saves really... a girl and then leaves her with the rapist or something. It's oh, just great. Like, yeah, fantastic. Good stuff. Good stuff. I don't like the. Can yeah. I change that? Can I break into the yeah. room? No, I can't. Okay, well this is shit. Yeah. You know, and so I quit. I don't. And that said, I'm done with it. I'm done with that. Uh, you know, franchise or whatever. That I like the one before they had was a guy in Africa who was a total hero. I want to play the hero, right? Like right, you're making right. me the hero, make me play gotcha. the hero, right? Yeah. I don't want to play a douchebag. I am the same way. When you've got those choose your own adventure style games, I always go ultra heroic. You know. Well, I mean, even like you got beautiful uh, hero clicks here, but even if you were playing villains, you're still sort of playing to win. Hmm. You're playing to to be further, but you're not playing like when you play Hero Clicks. You're not like you don't move a uh, 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 di- uh, dinosaur, uh, red dinosaur. No, di- di- devil, devil dinosaur. dinosaur. <laughs> I was so close. I was so close. A, a beautiful little devil dinosaur. I keep looking back at it. It's so awesome. That's the one with Moonbow on it. Oh, with the they made a second Moonbow. version from Next Wave. Oh no way! Oh, that's so awesome. The, the but you don't jacket. move it forward and, and then have Devil Dinosaur complain about something or what? Yeah. You know, like it, I couldn't stop. So I hope that the next Far Cry, which is awesome, which I don't know if you've heard about it, it's I'm a not much of a rebel anymore. uprising, and it's kind of like not fascist, but it's more like religious uh, rednecks take over this part right, of America, right. small part of America, mid- middle America, and the government, I, from what I've gathered and I, I've read and stuff, instead of like bringing attention to it, they're actually nullifying the media, right. And not sort of bringing up that this group is like getting bigger and bigger and bigger right. and bigger in the state and right. they're taking over. And they're literally dragging people out of their houses. If you're not with us, we'll just burn you at the stake. Right. Really, really right. crazy. They have a crazy religious guy. Because that and doesn't sound like and then, the and then they send right now in, at all. They just send in one <laughs> operative. They're like, you're black ops. Just right. take them out, right? right. We're, we've, we've killed all. And there's a resistance here. So f- work with them. And the resistance is pretty cool. The, the videos and the trailers. They look real. It's the first time I'm going to say that they mm. look like they filmed somebody and it was beyond mocap. Gotcha. Like their gotcha. mocap was so good. Where you're looking at some girl and she's wiping a, a bar and stuff and then she's. And you think you're actually watching doing, like an actor? You're actually watching an actor. You think you're watching an actor, but it's it's all video game. It's right. the first time I've been like, yeah, you guys are at that quality, right? right? As this like yeah. trailer. Like she's, she's doing the stuff and she's taking care of her bar and she's telling you about how terrible they are. They dragged her father out and they killed her, but you know, she's right. still keeping the bar alive. Right. And there's a reason she's keeping the bar alive. And while she's wiping it down and she's doing stuff, and while nobody's there, she's making Molotov cocktails and putting it underneath the, right, the bar right, thing, right? right? Like right. another guy's cleaning up something, and he's talking about how his family got massacred by this religious group or whatever. Right, right. And then he pulls off this uh, towel or, 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 or rag, and he's got this huge mounted, huge like Gatling gun that he's going to put on his biplane or his airplane. Right, he mounts it to the bottom of his airplane. Right, right. So he's your air support. She's right, your, right, she's right. your uh, right. ground support. There's a dog in the character. He's your he's your bite support. They call him. Right, right. So you can have a dog. There's there's moose. There's bears. Then you can you can you can target them to go after. Or you can set people up to be chased by moose or chased by a bear or something. That's awesome. You gotta be careful because they can come after you too. Yeah, yeah. One thing in Far Cry is really good as they do mind they don't mind adding that in. They have the last one before this was in the Himalayas. These uh, um, in the Indi- Indies there, and then they had uh, elephants and yetis and stuff. So. They they don't mind adding that into the game, so this has got like like uh, Middle America and it, it's a neat okay. concept. It, it sounds pretty cool. My friend said he would be really awesome. He's a total like religious right wing nuts. You can make your character look like anything, so let's go in like 
like New York gang gang bangers and 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 or gang a New York gang like right right after right. American gang and just kill them all right right I'm like yeah I'm all down with that right or or whatever like I actually always play something that's not what I could be because hmm. why I don't want to make a character looks like me a lot of other people like to make their characters maybe look similar to themselves that's I always I go do. with like a girl and and and, and uh, some other I generally try to make me and usually give it some sort of heart something yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I always go like a little different actually my division is this uh, this tough ass uh, chick in the division game and then they had the same company made another game called Wild, um, call it not Call of Duty, uh, Covert Ops or something, uh, Wildlands. And so I made another kick-ass chick, and I showed it to my group of friends. They're like, "Oh, it's the same chick, or it's this, it's her sister, or whatever." Right, right. Um, again, all Ubisoft uh, type games. So I, I like, I do like the company, but they went off that. So I went on a tangent there about games, but um, tangent it up, brother. But yeah, the whole it's your podcast, the whole. <laughs> But they, the whole thing of... Uh, oh, shit, what was the original we were on? Well, we were talking about Secret Empire at one Secret, point. No, but we we, we went off... Characters becoming whiny? Yeah, characters becoming whiny. When characters suddenly oh, just... Oh, the Green Lantern. We, went, we were talking about Green Lantern. Yeah, Back right, to Green yeah. Lantern. Um, oh, Mr. Miracle Mr. was really right. Mi- Mr. Miracle was... Yeah, it's it's fabulous. Go check it out. In yeah. one in one way, it's fabulous. I'm still on the fence because I still think... You don't it want could Oberon. Go, I don't want Oberon. I don't <laughs> want the darkness of that. I, I don't right. want it to right. go that dark. I right. don't want Scott Free to be that dark. If it is that dark, I want to see... I mean, I didn't like that suddenly Highfather's gone. Um, uh, no, I want to say Ambush Bug. He's not Ambush Bug. Forger's his series is already dead. So is he going to show up? Like, what new gods are going to be in this? And, and how are yeah, they going to yeah. play it up? And, and now what's going on? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the mystery of what's going on. Dark Side is you know that could be a t-shirt really yeah, that could be yeah. enough this could be his next uh, Omega Man maybe better you, you read um, Omega Man could, right? I, I only read parts of it I didn't fully it's read it it's worth Omega. reading the whole thing because to your point it starts off really really dark yeah but there's this arc you know where Kyle goes from being like dead to one yeah, of the yeah and, right? and then eventually you realize oh Kyle's the lead right. Kyle's the main character in this story which that first preview they had of him getting his neck sliced open killed by Tigor so didn't give you the impression of that yeah. and that's that, that thing that King will do he'll he'll throw you this complete curveball where you think what so we're going to be following super 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 anti-heroes the, one of the only thing I didn't like about Omega Man was that I always loved Primus mm. and he was so just the putz of that uh. book and I get it I get it He's, fair enough everything about him was sort of in the original comic series, uh, the original Omega Men, he wasn't a good leader. He was, yeah. you know, Tiger was the better leader of the yes. team. Even though at one point when they had that, remember the issue where they fought? Right. And he rips out his guts? There's a moment like, Tiger, dude, like, why are you trying to kill the guy? Like, you guys are just having like a, like a sort of friendly mano a mano fight and then you rip yeah. his guts out? Yeah, like, it's a little... Damn, but that was that weird era where Giffen got into gore. Right. You know? Trencher and all that. Yeah, it was a fair amount before that. I, the only, I think it? the only time he really got into gore that wasn't comedic, like Lobo and Trencher, was that. That was like mm. just hardcore, weird gore. Like the first issue of Omega Men, there's that moment where they're sort of, um, they've got those two Kun soldiers, and oh. Tigor is sort of threatening them. And there's a bit where he like eats some meat off like a, uh, they're barbecuing some meat there in a fire pit, and he grabs a thing of meat like a drumstick, and he puts it in his mouth, and he just pulls the... The, the bone out and the, the the meat's all gone and the guy's kind of like like gulp because he's threatening like I could do this to your body right. and the guy's like oh, and he goes I haven't even sucked out the marrow yet 
You know, and there was a weird phase where Giffen got into weird kind of gore with that writer, and yeah, that was yeah. a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? But curveball like, was my point. A total yeah, curveball. Curveball, yeah. And I, and I hope Tom King has. I hope it's a good run because I was hit and miss on his Batman. Um, it didn't start off good. Actually, I am Gotham I, was kind of a little. Yeah, yeah I kind of liked more I am Gotham than I am Sin, but oh, yeah. that was just me. The way around for me. Yeah, I, the only thing I liked out of I am Gotham, I am Sin, whatever's the next one is the. Uh, I haven't read the next one in entire. Is uh, bringing up those little pieces, which now is going to form either metal or whatever, right? right. The fact that he's right. got those little. Uh, right. he's got oh, all those pieces. Getting right. back to Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Gore. Yeah. How interesting was it that that was so influenced by metal, but with yes. no indication on the cover. Yes. The thing I actually really enjoyed about I the like book that kind of stuff. was that there was no sense that you need to get this book. But if yes. you're reading the comic, oh, this totally ties in. And I kind of love the fact that it wasn't advertised in the cover. Yes. So there wasn't like uh, important part of metal. It just metal is influencing the DC universe, and they're not they're not bilking you for all your worth. Yes. If you're reading metal and you're reading Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, there's a big payoff. Yeah, and I hope they start doing that down the road I heard you and I have this guy you'd be like oh mm. check out this because con- you know it's a Supergirl which I don't read right? because it it has it's been a pretty good Steve Orlando right. Superwoman uh, yeah I, I'm hit and miss with Steve Orlando but I, I should yeah, check it out yeah. well the latest story arc the first issue of the latest uh, incarnation uh, uh, I'm all excited about this because it's Ray Palmer Return oh. to the Multiverse it's the search for Ray Palmer is on but it's not uh, in JLA in JLA, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Steve JLA. Orlando's writing that book. Yes, yes. And so that first part of that issue was so fucking I gotta good, say, man. it was good. It was very good. What a I great read it last too. night, and I was like... Because yeah. I was... Uh, it's been hit and miss. It's been very good. It and has been hit and time, miss. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, There's I don't care. weird just, things he's done. Like, I want I want epics. Give me the epics. I don't... I know, Maybe it's me, but every time I'm finding a lot of the writers have their moments where they want to do a character build-up or something, I don't care. Give me the main story. Go back to the main. Give me a big story. Stop killing off characters or villains. The ju- that's exactly where I'm going. With this. Yeah, because yeah, I'm sick of that in all comics and TV shows. Lord of Havoc killing Die Hard. Doctor Die Hard was just completely unnecessary. Yeah. Doctor Die Hard is a great villain. Killing him off is a waste of a great character. Yes. And I'm so fucking tired of this thing in comics where they're killing off characters all the time. When you and I Red were Skull. kids reading comic books, when a character died, it was a big fucking deal a yeah. giant deal you know I remember the first big death in comics when I was growing up was Mr. Terrific when he got killed in JLA oh, yes. the Spirit King that was a big fucking deal superheroes didn't die man yeah and now it's just like every other book there's a death here and death there and they're all just throwaways now yeah it's just like you know what was strong for me was Danny uh, Danny and Titans he Right. Died and then Phantasm, Phantasm and all that. Phantasm and yeah. all that. Yeah. And that was, it wasn't as huge as, say, Robin's death. Sure. Uh, but it was big enough. Robin's I remember kind of going, the really oh, the, shit. One of those big turning points where they, they so uh, uh, made such a big social event. It was probably the yes. first like, big was, social media thing. I, I agree. I agree because you actually got engagement with, the, with yeah. your audience. The yeah. biggest engagement. And something that I've been sort of, oh man, I went on, I went on. My, with my wife because my wife is like you need to go hang out with Hartley or your friend <laughs> or your friend Antarctic Grodd like, right. like tomorrow because I went on about this whole idea about right <laughs> now there's no social engagement with any of the companies the only social engagement these companies get that. and the writers is through the social media out there yeah. and a lot of writers or artists are getting you can see they're getting tired of it or they'll stop their Twitter or they won't talk about stuff or yeah. Or they'll they only engage so far, and then they and then they pull back, or then they then you go why like the it's Dan the Slott lack of a distinction the, between too far their 
professional account from their personal account. Yeah, and you see I, with Mark Wade too. All these guys that they talk about their personal opinions about things, and all their fans are on their page yeah. and get upset about them for their personal politics versus whatever they're doing in the entertainment world. Gail Simone, all these people that just get mired yes. in their personal lives yes. with their professional lives, and there's yes. not a a line between the two. Yeah. And it's, uh, it is Brandon exhausting. Brandon Graham recently, I, and right. I love following this stuff because uh, right. uh, he's, he's very original and out there. And he's a very... Uh, Prophet was really neat, at, man. Yeah, and he's very much over there on the side of, look, I'm not going to work for Marvel or DC. Right. Uh, I'm going to go do my indie stuff. That. I'm going to work with all the other, other creators and stuff. Um, yeah, he recently came out again talking about it. But people came out and be like, whoa, you see, is this... you you promoting all this, you know, like, it's crazy redneck. Um, right. And uh, homophobic stuff like, oh, you're all into the tranny stuff and all this, and it's like, yeah, but that's his personal shit, man. Who cares, right? I don't yeah. care. I don't. He puts stuff up. I, yeah. and I don't associate that with his work. And even if I did, even if I went to his blog and I saw the uh, whatever, like they're oh, it's Joel Tranny or, well, that's what he might be into, or that's yeah. what he's. Who cares? If you're not into that, fuck off. Yeah, and, and like, 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 why does it have to follow what you as a fan have? And this is where I get back yeah. to my engagement. Profit wasn't about tranny stuff. No, there was no. none of that in there. The work no. that he does doesn't. It isn't mired in that. Like Steve Sadowski, you know, a uh, really good buddy of mine. Worked with him for quite yeah. some time as his model, and you know, he's all into the gay scene. He's all into the gay scene. That's a lot awesome. of the stuff he posts on social media yeah. is, you know, him not wearing a lot of clothes and all that stuff. It has nothing to do with the work he does. No. And there's yeah. this clear distinction between his personal life and his professional life. Yeah. If you're not, and if you're a fan, you can't. If you're a homophobe and you've got a problem like, with his art, that's on you, man. Yeah, it's totally. You're a on homophobe. You. His art isn't yeah. all like yeah. sexy gay stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Avengers versus Invaders wasn't sexy gay. Project Superpowers wasn't sexy gay stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember I I, I met um, briefly. He, he, I'm sure he doesn't remember me. Um, but I, I went once to uh, a comic jam when Ed Burson oh, yeah. was in town. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of a yeah. part of running it. And uh, I went there and the I was trying to... How do you not yeah. love the wallflower, man? Yeah, and this is actually at a uh, another restaurant, an Asian a sushi restaurant somewhere. Anyways, it was... Yeah, oh, they was, didn't always do... I thought it was always the wallflower. Uh, this is before that, actually. Oh, and then neat. they moved to the wallflower. Neat. And, uh, and Brandon Graham came by with this like, artwork that was eventually became King City issue one. And I was reading it and I'm like, I really love how you've done this like you've built this up and then he's got a little knife and then he attacks yeah, yeah. this girl and I, I just I just love this sequence and he was like thanks like I don't think <laughs> right. he really he didn't right. like he appreciated whatever he, but I he didn't know me I don't know him uh, I could have been a fan at a, at, a, at a con coming up and saying I like that and he could have right. oh, okay great and sign it and, right, you know right, be right. done that's kind of how I thought it felt and it was, that was fine I, I saw um, I believe the fellow who does Kill All Monsters was there uh, Copeland, Copeland, Jason Copeland. I think he was. That it's really easy uh, to the spell. The fellow like... from uh, Ink Studs was there. there and there's, right. the, there's the the group, right? There's a lot of, them. and they're they're fun. They're the hell. I was just sort of like I was the wallflower there, right? right, right. I was. I just know Ed, right? I, <laughs> right, right. I know him through working through Zeros to Heroes and stuff. And he told me about this, and I wanted I wanted to sort of reach out in that because I wanted to maybe go down that thing of maybe writing an indie comic. And I still got my my scripts and stuff, but they just right. I, I I just. I, I mirror myself in more works work related shit, and I never get towards that. But stepping back from what I was trying to get with the comic stuff, engagement. Nobody has the engagement. Nobody knows the only comp the only time comic book companies know if a comic does well is from the retailer. Right. Right. So a comic 
get sold based on the retailer's uh, sales that they and the retailer make an estimation yeah. on their fan on their audience. Right? You, 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 right now, you're addressing the difference between how many books are sold to comic stores and how many books comic stores sell. Correct, and then because that's the two distinctions. Secret Empire might be low. There might be a fuck ton of Secret Empire books in comic stores, but whether or not they're selling is all different ballgame. And and that's and exactly, and then that, but the company looks back and says, "Shit, we've sold a shit ton of Secret Empire. Right. It, it it's doing well. Right. Well, let's 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 or, green light another another or the series opposite. or whatever. You or know, it's not doing the well. Sales let's, keep on tanking. Yeah. And even though they're selling a large amount of them, there's that weird factor of. Yeah. Orders keep on dropping. You know they're buying. You know, hundred thousand copies or so. It seems right. Like I mean, and then there is a drop off of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe this is going to a point. Maybe they're going to be like Nick. This, you know, yeah. we'll let you have a comic series, but well, there's been we times when we're going to go back to you sort for of a, a, an remember, event or remember something. There's a time when Marvel sort of take a poke at DC, where they'd be like, "Send us in like ten of these covers from this book that DC <laughs> failed that are gumming up the gumming up the stands." Those sort of weird moves that Marvel would make, yeah. you know, that were sort of poking fun at moments like that. The DC has never, ever once done that about Marvel stuff. Marvel's always been so much better at at keeping their fans engaged and being Marvel fans. And DC has never, ever kept DC fans being engaged as being DC fans. There's never been a make mine Marvel equivalent for DC. I 100% agree. And this is where I get to... There is a, a huge drop-off between the fandom... And the companies, right? Yeah. And I thought if there was a way for me to pre-order books, and I and I kind of pitched it to Nick Spencer roughly, where he was going into uh, on Twitter, he he made a, um, a series of posts about, look, this is the way it's it, the business is these days. If you're gonna, you know, would you rather have the creative team together? and go through 12 issues and then start issue one again, another 12 issues, because the creative team's together and they still get to do their storyline, it's just broken up over two spans of, instead yeah. of 24 issues, you're going to have two spans of 12, yeah. right? Because they need to do that because that's the way we boost sales, that's the way we do things. And I said, well, why don't, they, why don't you guys look at Kickstarter? Kickstarter is a huge company. You don't think Marvel goes over and knocks on their door and be like, Indiegogo, yeah. yeah, Indiegogo, and be like, let's, let's work something out here, yeah. right? Why can't I do something? Why can't you and I go, man, I am jonesed about, I don't know, uh, not Mark. Yeah, maybe Mark Wade. Mark, uh, who's, who did Hulk that was amazing? That Greg Pak? No, not, I'm thinking old school. Yeah, Mark Wade. Peter David. Peter David. What if Peter David came back and did a, did a Hulk? We've right, already right. penciled in. We've got all the artwork for three issues already started. Right. Right? What we're asking you on this Kickstarter thing is, pitch in now to buy all 12 right we're going to send you a coupon right yeah. that you take you can you can then redeem at a retailer store we get the coupon back we know exactly what you and we know exactly what you bought because you right. coupon's right. going to have a code for you have you bought much in the way of kickstarter have you done much kickstarter comic stuff Here I've, done fair, I've done a fair amount yeah and you see it works really well for independent companies where generally um generally what you're getting is super i've got the two copies over there and you see super art around mm. the room here um, where you go in on like you know yes. a, a, a collected edition, oftentimes it will be like individual editions. Right. I, I'm a huge fan of Super. I found that they're what's the problem for me with their Kickstarter stuff is that they've been spinning their wheels with like a six issue run, and they just they haven't seemed to really go any further than those six issues. It's the whole mm -hmm. they just keep on sort of 
revamping and rejiggering those six issues rather than moving past that. Which to me is kind of frustrating. I want to yeah. see. I want to see more. But but, but you know, you it could be like a action group of people. Well, there are much smaller right? comics. Is it is it action? Yeah, yeah. It's it's action, action, it's action, action comedy. Action. No, I know, but it's not action league, is it? Or action? Oh, you're thinking action verse. Action verse. Yeah. Yeah, that's like uh, the Rottweiler slash Stray, the the action verses they call it. Uh, Molly Danger. Right, right. And those guys have really nailed that stuff down, Pat. I've got the next. Uh, I put in for the Kickstarter for Stray, oh, nice. and issue one of that. The next series of that should be coming out. And it, you know, you got like uh, what was it? It just uh, oh, it was a successful Kickstarter there. The um, the uh, Carl Kiesel. Is it, it kill a thousand? Uh, uh, kill a thousand demons, or no? Was there Carl Kiesel and um? Is it Mark Wade? Trying to remember the right, but it was that that group is like X Files meets the X Men. Um, oh, oh my God, man. I can't think of the name of it right now. It was I a really cool uh, zero zero section, I think it's called. Oh, okay. It's this I, fun I thing that was it. put out by Image years ago. Okay, maybe put out like three or four issues and didn't really hit it. And so they did a Kickstarter thing where they're going to put out more of it now. Oh. I'm really excited about it. And Kickstarter can work, to your point, really, really well yeah. for bringing back stuff. And, and I think Kickstarter, if I mean, Marvel's a big company. I work with smaller print companies where we send stuff out and they can do a code on a freaking newsletter and right. send right. it out to a mailing list yeah. and know exactly that person got that code and you right. know like we can right. track it if yeah. we c- if i can freaking do it with the yeah. small canadian companies if veronica mars can make it this, work why can't like, Marvel? yeah like why can't this it can work it's just somebody and needs to make that often. next step right I they agree. need and it's yeah. i'm not saying it for every comic i'm saying yeah. put together one big run yeah. and see how it works it's your first experimented comics it's your mm. first kickstarter but but you're gonna have the invested and then you're gonna have okay so i'm gonna buy 12 issues awesome Boom! I'm there. I, put, I paid for twelve issues. Maybe you you knock a dollar or two off it for whatever, right. um, for, for getting the money ahead of time, right? And the, you know your sales. I'll bet you a big but part the of the problem is, is retailers would, would exactly. Would, would, and, the, and I know issue. that retailers would be like, "Holy fuck! What you're completely why are you cutting us out of here?" Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And in a way, they would. But who's to say? There's nobody saying that we're not still. Marvel's still not going to ship extra. Like you could, the retailers could still order this. It's just that. Yes, it's stepping. It's taking the retailers out, but at least that way Marvel would know exactly who the f is buying their comic. Right. Like yeah. they have no way of knowing that, unless you got a subscription system, or unless Comicology is giving them all my codes and they know exactly uh-huh. what I'm buying digitally. But I yeah. don't know if they do. Comicology now, aka Amazon, is never going to give that stuff. The up. digital code code thing is absolutely bizarre how that works. Uh, and yeah, the the, the fact that digital sales we don't know anything about other than just little hints here and there that this is doing well that's doing well but we never get actual figures which is kind of infuriating yeah the whole like idea there's a third party getting sales. numbers but digitally they never give any numbers out yeah and I know from speaking to a few few people who, who work in the industry um, they've said look we don't know the digital numbers they won't tell us right away what we get are the are the retailer Royalties, orders right? Or retail orders right or retail right. orders right away so that's why we know if a, if a series yeah. is going to survive or not right based on our numbers yeah. and, and that but this could go back to and I'm not saying it's for everything and maybe I hate to say it but maybe the retailers are just going to be like what a Best Buy and all them are moving to where you're going to order your shit online and go to the store and pick it up 
Right, I'm down with that. I'd be perfectly fine uh, with that. Like they could have the, the retailers could order some extra stuff here right. and there, but the retailers would be like, "Well, now I know what I'm getting. I'm going to get three thousand of these. And they're all accounted for. Yeah. Can I order an extra thousand just yeah. in case?" I do find the diamond system really clunky. Well, I it's hate terrible that there's only diamond. That's it is. the biggest. It is. I don't and understand I hate going why to retailers that previews kind of order book mm. thing. I find that it's like th- what other form of entertainment do you have a catalog to go through yeah. to order for months down the road? It's just such a clunky system. Yeah. You know, I can go to my cable box and find a show and set it to record. There you go. We get pull files and whatnot, which works great for, mm-hmm. by and large, but then you get collected editions. It's really hard to say, put me down for the trades of this. Put me down for the hardcovers of this. No, you got to stay on top of it, and I find that fucking infuriating. Yeah. It's such a clunky, dumb system. Yeah. And it's because Diamond has this weird monopoly that's not considered a monopoly because it's part of this weird publishing the system. Publishing, yeah. Extra fucked up because like because they compare here. and they go well there's Amazon it's like yeah but yeah. they're not fucking distributing comics man well but that's the weird part they are they well, are distributing collected editions right as our bookstores and that never gets included in the numbers in Diamond which is fucked it's just fucked we don't really know the numbers of comic sales yeah and it's this weird distorted like so Marvel you know they'll put out like uh, that USA Avengers we talked about this a while back so right. they put out like those like 60 fucking different covers and they mass produce a fuck ton of them and that Avengers that issue number one of USA US Avengers yeah. was like number one by a mile but nobody it didn't deserve to be the number one title that month people weren't buying yes. en masse that book you just had a bunch of people that were buying all the covers all the covers because it made up the, the United yeah. States the flag yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But then consequently, you but get like, the they whole do thing all with those the gimmick stuff, right? Yeah, but consequently, you get something like the button. So the button thing with the you know the Flash and Batman, yeah. you had the, the duo copies of them. They didn't include the sales of the lenticular and the regular cover as one. I know. So suddenly, that book wasn't number one every month, even though it should have been. It's it, that whole stuff is just bizarre. I know, bizarre. And getting back to your other point of there being this disconnect between the fans. And uh, uh, the industry itself. I mean, once upon a time, that was the most beautiful thing about comics. You can meet your your your, your creative heroes. You can yes. meet Mark Wade. You can have this interaction with them that, that isn't in the rest of media, in the letter columns, online. Correct. You know that, that isn't the same thing. I mean, okay, Stephen Amell on Arrow. He'll do these live things where, if you're lucky, he'll answer one of your questions to throw it out there. But the difference is, in the world of comics, you can go to a comic con and meet these guys and hang out with them and talk to them, which more more grounded. Mm-hmm. There's that disconnect now, though, because everything's so such a fucking political hotbed. Yeah. Again, Secret Empire. Nick Spencer getting death threats and a man to defend the whole all that nuts. I can barely even talk about it without. I'm already exhausted just thinking about it. Right, and same going back years ago, uh, Dan Slott getting death threats for what he did yeah. with uh, Spider-Man and, and people Spirit talking about Spider-Man how comics didn't used to be political. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I agree. They're you want to totally tell me political. that Stanley didn't create the X Men as a way to talk about, you know, disenfranchised people? Fuck off! Yeah. Comics were always political. The first issue of Captain America is Cap punching Hitler in the face. Yeah. America was in a war at the time. It was two Jews trying to engage the American public against a monster that was at war with the non North America side of the world. I mean, comics have always been politically engaged. Action Comics number one, Superman's going after a corrupt politician. Yes. The first bunch of things Superman was doing was 
We've talked about this. Going after corrupt mob bosses. Yes. I mean, he was going after a version of the, the Nazis without them saying it was Nazi. Right. They right. were always politically involved. Always. Just people like to look at things through these stupid rose-colored lenses. And it's the idiocy of people when they were young not realizing they were political. And so... And like resisting the idea they're political as they grow up because they don't want to admit that they're reading political comics. And I, and I hit on not that I was not that it was political, but I hit <laughs> on what you're saying. You and I had the discussion about um, about the first metal. Uh, what was it called? The Forge. And yeah, it yeah. Came Forge out in the, in yeah. New Fifty Two that um, here's the, uh, the Batman uh, Outsider. Uh, the, the Batman Outsiders, the Outsiders thing. Batman the, the Black Ops thing. thing. The Black Ops yeah. thing. Right. And and I was like, they were never. And now I've gone back. Reach right behind you. Look right behind you. Over the, your, your shoulder there. There's that Batman and the Outsiders hardcover. <laughs> and the promise of Batman and the Outsiders oh my God, I want this. <laughs> was it's such a great volume. I know. I got to find uh, this. The promise was that there'd be this renegade, badass sort of black ops team. Yes. It, although that's never realized at all. They the the idea. Yeah, Batman leaves the Justice League to go do shit that the world of politics is saying, fuck off, superheroes don't do that. Yes. He creates his yes. little covert team to go deal with I, political and I did, shit. I did like the covert aspect, but yeah. I was like, I didn't... But it went away after time. the first story arc. It did, it did. It, it did, they, they hit and missed. Well, well, it was not like hit the, and miss, the but they came back would be and political. Forth. Yeah. But the team itself wasn't doing anything political. Yeah. You know, there was that uh, Who's Afraid of the Big Red S issue where, where Geoforce, my favorite Batman and the Outsiders comic of all time, where Geoforce's mm. romantic interest has been abused. I don't know if it was... I think she was abused, not necessarily raped. I think it was the concept. She gets yeah. beaten up by somebody. Yes. So he goes to murder this guy, and Superman goes to stop him. And that was really a big political comment on abuse at the time where there wasn't that sort of stuff in the comics. Yeah. There was a storyline with the um, the nuclear android family, or the guy who... Uh, oh, um, yeah. And all these political comments. Yeah. But the, the, the actions the heroes themselves were taking weren't... Political I, operatives. You know. I'm a huge fan of Mike W. Barr. Mike, Mike W. Barr is really hit and miss for me. But yeah, I like a lot of what he does for sure. I, I think he's um, he had a good pulse on the comics growing up for me. Uh, Maze Agency was was by far amazing because it was the first time well, that was I was Mike reading w. Barr. Yeah. Earlier on, we said I said it was Gerard Jones, but it wasn't him. It wasn't. And now yeah. I think about it. Now that yeah. I've seen the title there, it sparked me. You're absolutely and, right. Uh, and it was the first time I kind of read. Um, the original Moonlighting in a comic book. That's why my wife loved it. My wife absolutely loved me. Maze Agency? Oh, neat. Yeah, and she's like, more? And I'm like, uh, I can't. There, I was thinking of no The Trouble more. with Girls. Ah, uh, yeah. The right yeah, which was really good. I don't awesome. remember it, but I should go... But you know, the, the irony of that is that he was uh, a guy with boobs who beat up other people, and they were detectives, and it was like... Yeah. Uh, it was like Simon and Simon kind of kind of. It was Simon and Simon, Simon but the Simon, guy had yeah. boobs, right? Like neat. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, and it was. Huh. It was kind of touching on the whole. Is he or isn't he? Whatever. Right. It, long like before whole, that was a topic. Long before that was a topic. Like yeah. long, and that that series went a long time. I, I always gave. I didn't even to, read it to the end. Right, and to me, I, you know, my first acknowledgement of um, sort of transgender issues was Doom Patrol. Grant Morrison's oh. Rebus. That sort of completely changed, opened my eyes to the concept of uh, gender fluidity. You know, oh, that, yes, yes, totally. Rebus, man. Oh, what a character. Oh. My nipples are getting hard just thinking about it. You know, <laughs> uh, you know who I think he took it to the next level, but I'm a huge Invisibus fan. Like, I'm a huge. Hey, I got this tattoo, and I'm showing a right. tattoo right. of a scorpion I have right because of uh, the one issue where uh, he keep where uh, the main character, King Mob, my favorite character 
uh, goes through and he he Breaker. wakes up after after sort of a wake up call that the that the first run of bad guys that they had was more of a was was they weren't bad guys. It was a test if they were in the Invisibles or not. So right, right, the, right. The, the the earlier Invisibles set them up as a test, right, right. and he's like, "Is it? Fuck it!" He just goes off, and the whole team breaks up and everything, and. And then he gets back together, and they're like, so what are you going to do? He's like, I don't know, but Bruce Lee never used a gun. And then right, his next thing right. was he went through like a bit of a spirit journey, and, he's, and he kept calling himself, I am a Scorpion dreaming. So I, I don't know. I kept that 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 in my head for a while, maybe because I'm Scorpio. I've always had this thing. Fair enough, fair so enough. I, that, I got the tattoo, and that's like my Invisibles tie-in. I think I never actually um, finished reading that series, Strange. <gasps> and I've got to actually... So I think I've got like an omnibus editions of that i got to get oh, someday. It's so but I, I, I jerked off of this sigil. Which yeah. is one of the coolest things Grant Morrison ever fucking did. That yeah. whole, like... And amazing that it worked. I mean, if, if people out there listening right now don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. sales a lot of slumped chaos, during a... Uh, chaos Magic that he did. Yeah. yeah. Sales is slumped in the book. Chaos Magic, actually. And uh, well, Grant Morrison had gone through some horrible physical health. Yes. Had that weird thing in the cheek. That's right. All this weird stuff. And so he changed the course of everything. Uh, um... Uh, through enacting this this concept of putting a sigil in the back of the comic book and asking people to masturbate while focusing on now a sigil in this particular case is the concept of a, uh, uh, say a sentence where you would take all the first letters in that sentence that would be like a manifestation of some idea you want yeah. sales for the invisibles will be better whatever that sentence is that you want to manifest and each first letter you uh, superimpose onto this sigil so it's a combination of all the first letters in one symbol you focus on the symbol and in this particular case he was asking people to masturbate to it yes because this had some sort of chaos magic thing in the chaos, that would magic, yes. and the whole concept was to turn the sales around the book and it fucking worked I know his health turned around the sales in the book turned around now frankly yeah. I like to think I say I'll admit I did it and I also I jerked off of the sigil I, and I that was me jumping into just once chaos magic and I did my and own that. sigils I my own jerk off <laughs> I did a bunch of other little things that he had mentioned and, right, and other right. people had mentioned. I, I followed uh, Peter Carell and got right. quite a few uh, Chaos Magic <laughs> books. And I, I really did dive into it for a good about five years. I was trying to follow right, it. Right. It was really, um, it was really eye-opening, but I think I was uh, distorting my reality for a while. And uh, yeah, and I got heavily into uh, the LARPy thing and right, uh, right. With, the, with the Chaos Magic. And I, I think it, I, I used it the wrong way. I went the wrong way with it fell into people who were like who got who got too into it and got it too wrapped up in that world in another world of stuff yeah. and not realizing my world and then I had a bit of a crash of uh, family matters that. and I get uh, that and that 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 just that just sort of woke me up to everything going like that the that was my wake up call in life actually was the unfortunate um, bad family event that happened was a was a big wake up call to me in my life like it was, because uh, I think until then I almost could have like lost everything, lost my wife, and right, 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 lost my job and everything, just just losing myself in, in escapism. It's almost like losing myself in drugs or something. It was, right. it was right. down something similar. I'm not saying it was. I mean, I, I also lost a friend in, uh, to drugs and such, which was, yeah. um, which was also really hard for me. But it, I kept going. It was still well. Weird. Anything you can lose yourself and it becomes addictive. Yeah. Has well, I found out I have an addictive it. personality, so right. I mean, even with my comics and stuff, I mean, it's right. obvious because I would go to Elfsar and spend way too much money, I gotcha. you I know. Gotcha. And my wife would be like, "You can't afford this. What are you right. doing? Right? right? Like, right. you're spending more than you're earning." Um, right. 
you know so now it's like why I've had to pull back and be like I'm digital and I pick I pick and choose what I what I read um, right and I just can't afford everything I try my best but yeah uh, yeah. yeah it's a weird thing with know. comics isn't it that, that one of the things about the comic industry is that by and large they want you to buy as much as they possibly can there's this sort of marvel these events I think why they're so exhausting is that Marvel tries to bleed your wallet dry hardcore man and it's, it's this non-stop whole, yeah. Like, Whereas at least one of the reasons I'm so much more pro DC is you've got Rebirth and it's you could buy just Superman. Yeah. You could buy just Action. You yeah. could buy just Nightwing. You, you could buy just, just Batman. You could buy just Aquaman. You could buy just Titans. Now okay, yeah. there was that story arc with Titans, but just one of them. Yes. You had to get like one other annual yeah and two other issues and you yeah. were good to go. It was Yeah. You weren't going out of your way for it all. That annual was really good this year. That was a fun little. That was a fun little thing. It was the fun, and that's what I love. And then DC is getting yeah. back to having fun. I'm not crazy about Dwali West having a heart problem. I was gonna let's <laughs> segue to that because, besides for my idea of the King, the the Kickstarter Marvel thing or Kickstarter DC, I, I mean, there's a lot there that needs to be fleshed out, um, and I would love. I it. love. Tempest. I would love it if anyone from DC or Marvel would want to contact me further on that. But you'll probably just take the idea and do it your fucking self. So that's what they do. Um, yeah. Thanks for the idea, pal. Yeah. You'll Thanks. get no credit. Later's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it comes out, I'll, I'll pimp was this. That, I'll pimp this podcast out that it was it was mentioned. Remember here back to Joker's last laugh. Oh yeah. So that whole crossover was going over, and I was modeling for Steve at the time, oh, and nice. um, uh, they suddenly had to interrupt their storyline with the, that storyline, and they didn't know what the fuck to do. They were really frustrated by it, and I think they, they were like, "We got to come up with a villain." And I was in like a conference kind of call with Steve, and uh, I think it was Jeff Johns. I think it was either him, yeah. maybe actually it was probably him, Jeff Johns, and uh, Goyer. I think. Oh. Um, and or maybe it was just I forget who it was. Right. right but right. regardless. I first tossed out the joke of crazy quilt, you know, because back then nobody knew who he was and he was a good joke. Right. He's still a good joke. Crazy fucking quilt. Yeah. And, but then I, I quickly stopped joking around. I said, well, you know, it'd be perfect for this. It'd be Solomon fucking Grundy. When was the last time we saw him? His skin's already white. Right. And then I hadn't even clued into the whole thing with the earliest Solomon Grundy thing was he had a big weird grin. That's right. So yeah. they were like, oh, fucking great. Do you think anybody ever gave me a nod of a hat? Uh. No, there wasn't any idea by Hartley Holmberg no 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 yeah and you know it's this weird thing where you know it's awesome that I got to contribute but there's always this weird factor to me of I've contributed all these weird little things in comics that I will never get credit for and even in my saying I understand if somebody hears and thinks yeah right you did you know like the invincible hero click set like I get it if people think I'm full of shit I get it because I'll never get credit for it, so right. I just seem like a guy who's saying whatever, you know. Like Ethan from Elsar used to go on about how he created Cable and sent it into Marvel, and, and, and Rob Liefeld stole that from him. Right. Like, I never believed him. Mm-hmm. It always seemed like a bullshit story to me. I, I wanted to, but it just I, I didn't. I, I don't know. And especially since the it's whole a like bit on the edge there. It's we, it, I liked Ethan, so I I, I kind of would give it to him, but at yeah. the same time I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Cable seemed like a Liefeld thing. It was yeah. kind of Liefeld of this whole thing. But at the same time, it would also make sense that he ripped it off from somebody because Liefeld wasn't exactly known for having integrity. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Carl Kiesel, all that great inking he did in Hawk and Dove that made him look really, really great that he took all the credit for and didn't go, well, it was all my anchor, Carl Kiesel. Yeah. He just sucked up all that glory, not one saying, no, really, my anchor made me look fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And he became a superstar which to me is still weird. I mean, because yeah. all of his big creations were just 
weird amalgams of other shit. Like Cable, he kind of stole from just sort of a whole bunch of bits and well, pieces here and there. McFarlane and all that, but at least McFarlane turned around and made it, made something for himself. He made, one thing I give yeah. McFarlane is they turned around and went, okay, I'm going to go over here and put money into making figures and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll give McFarlane credit for that. The one thing you know, he did really good is he, he rejiggered the entire action figure industry in a big way. Yeah. But then, you know, he fucked over Lance with yeah. Spawn. He, he used all these characters that, he, that Lance created and never gave stories, him any credit for and booted him out of the whole book. And you listen to other stories about the people that worked in the in the, in the studio that they made out in California yeah. and how they got ripped off yeah. and how they got, you know, all well, of them. Like, and like even just recently, early. when Eric Larson was on Spawn, he could not work with McFarlane. He found him infuriating. You know, they were supposed to be working together in concert right. and McFarlane would just change things without saying anything, change art and all this stuff. Like, the thing that blows my mind about Todd McFarlane is how he's re revered as this massive success in the world of comics. Spawn doesn't sell for shit. Hasn't sold for shit in fucking ages. Yeah. I mean, it's a garbage comic. He's a shit writer. He's a barely passable artist now. He just had a cool exaggerative style at one point. And the guy got lazy in back of the day. He had that mm -hmm. stock pose. Yeah. Arm up in the air, other arm back, legs spread out. Spider-Man always punches like this. It just became this cliche of all cliches. He was going to use that pose over and over and over again. Yeah. Spawn was just, it sparked on sort of an imaginative thing for a while. Where yes. this, the big sort of cape and the chains well, and, and I think webs. I, and, and I think people jumped into it because there was, at the time, it was a really good time for them to come out and break away from the big two. Well, yeah, because Marvel sales were based on these artists, all you know? this. yeah, and it's again to this day there's still repercussions that are felt from that. Where Marvel made that statement a while back, yeah, well, our artists don't sell our books. It, to me, it felt like they were still angry about the '90s, man. Oh yeah, I know. You know, when I know. the artists were selling their books, and at the same time as they did that, they were reissuing Jim Lee cards as covers, Jim Lee, because they don't yeah. have Jim Lee anymore, like. So artists don't sell That's, your books, but all your alternative X-Men covers are based off old, hyper-popular Jim Lee art. Like, can you guys hear yourselves? Like, their echo chamber was weird, man. Like, their echo chamber is really weird. Hey. Zeus is back in the room, kids. Zeus is back. No, you can't. No, I, I hate that. Was there ever food in your bag? No, but there's. I think Zeus wants these little figures that I have. Oh, probably. Yeah, he likes chewing on things. Yeah. Thankfully, not shoes anymore. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> But yeah, I totally, totally agree. And I think, I, I think it all just worked at a time. I remember when it came it out. Was it was the biggest, it was the biggest news, right, in comics. That what happened yeah. back then until then? Like you, yeah, you had Watchmen, you had big news about Alan and more bigger news when a year later they brought in Alan Moore to write stuff because they couldn't fucking write. Yeah. You know? Well, that's they, they that's, had a problem with the, like they made this thing but they didn't hire writers. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they brought in their friends. Yeah. Brendan Graham was writing all this stuff like who the fuck was that guy? Or Brendan Troy? Troy. Who was the guy who was writing like a, yeah. all that Jim Lee stuff? Yeah. Brendan Graham. And then Graham you had what's his face that uh, Eric Stevenson who back then was a complete unknown editor guy who was writing yeah. all this this Liefeld stuff. How he's like head of but the reason head that, of image. Yeah, and he, he became a really good writer over time. Yeah. You know, and the more he took over the writing of hey, Youngblood, the more some I liked of the, it. Some of the awesome, fun Guardians of the Galaxy back in the day. His run was awesome. You're thinking Jim Valentino. Mm. I just I, I right. just sort read of. that entire yeah. series in yeah. Collected Edition, which was super fun and super horrible. And the, and and the reason fun. I mixed them too, because they, they worked together. I think Valentino was also in Image for a while. Yeah, Valentino was mm -hmm. one of the... Uh, 
one of the guys that came in right after the founders. Yes. I remember Valentino ran the company for a yes. good long while. He's still one yeah. of the high he should He should be considered a founder. I don't understand why they Well, it's because really... he wasn't a founder. He wasn't one of the original core guys. But, but in he a came way, in because he came in afterwards and kept the company alive through what it was going he helped through. helped keep the company alive for a good long while. For, for a sure. good long while. You know, you got to give him a... I think he's a better creative director than he is an actual creator, frankly. You know, because Shadowhawk was a cool idea, but was, meh. Yeah, yeah. And he was always kind of a meh artist, you yeah. know, normal man. I like the best for normal man. Yeah, I like the Shadowhawk when he when they brought in Bomb. I was a huge Bomb Queen fan. Oh so yeah. they did the crossover. And Bomb, Queen was, Bomb Queen was. I loved so... it as much as I hated it. Did you? I did. I found oh. it really entertaining, but uh, at the same Jimmy time, Robinson's, it was so completely irreverent. Awesome. Whenever they would involve other characters, like he was just there for superheroes to die. She was going to kill superheroes <laughs> left and center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it felt very Lobo to me. So I, I had a. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it, very Lobo. Yes, 100%. It wasn't anything that I could hold up to a pedestal and say, oh, I love this. Like, the pro, to me, is great irreverent comics. And the Bomb Queen was just a little too to the side for me to... Anything more than just, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. Ah, uh, okay. Know? I, was I did enjoy it. I enjoyed I, it a I, lot. I, I loved it. At I mean, I, it had a longer run to the pro. It right? had a really good so, run. Well, the pro is just one comic. I, yeah, exactly. So it's a little bit... But lots uh, of great concepts, like that gal who had that whole ability, the, the weird verbalization... Oh, she could write out... Yeah. Yes. That was a cool character, man. That was yes. a really cool character. And the whole yeah. way they went really with know Mayhawk in that stories, yeah. or Shadowhawk, was yeah. really fun. Yeah. 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 And then she went after like the whole... Thing. She's yeah. like, there's a Shadowhawk family? Yeah. Is it Generations of? Yeah, huh. that was like the long-term like, plan with Shadowhawk. Right? Legend of Shadowhawk was going to be this big thing. But you mentioned the Alan Moore thing, and I want to touch on that because Alan Moore went to Image because he felt that he'd fucked up comics. He felt that Watchmen mm. was so misinterpreted that he oh. needed he needed to remind people what superheroes were all about. That that mm. he felt the concept of wonder and imagine imagination that superheroes were all about was lost because people didn't understand that. He wasn't saying with Watchmen, this is the way superheroes should be. He was saying, this is my final word on superheroes. And he was trying to create that beautiful was that tragedy. Was his final word or his just... At the time, that was his final time. word. He was done. He was done with writing superheroes. And for him, that was the oh. end for him. And he just wanted to... His final statement on superheroes was, if you make them hyper-realistic, you end up with this beautiful, sad tragedy. Okay. That superheroes in the real yeah, I knew world. It was, it was a, his big Greek tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like that whole idea of like a 50-year-old Warshack, you know... He jumps out of a second-story window, and inner dialogue is "get up, get up, get up." But he's got fifty-year-old knees; he can't get up. Yeah. Which Zack Snyder then interpreted him as he gets up and beats the shit out of twenty more guys. Like, oh fuck off! You got the spirit of Watchmen. I to this day I'll maintain it enrages me the notion that Snyder said we captured the spirit of Watchmen. No, that was the thing you missed. No, you, you captured the captured. visuals yes. of moments. Yes. But you know when you make a uh, 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 night owl. When you take him from being uh, the guy who looks doughy and out of shape, and when he puts on the shoot, it even more exaggerates his belly because he can hide it with clothing on, and then you make him look just fucking cool as fuck when he puts on the suit, like he's got a built-in girdle, missed the entire point of the character. Yes. That guy was the guy who wrote poetry. He should never have a moment where he looks to someone before he gets into a fight and smiles like he's going to get a boner beating people up. That was just like... You, buddy. He's a guy who can't stop himself from doing good. He doesn't yeah. get off on beating people up. So, he can't everything you're mentioning is why I have a, an issue with Zack Snyder in general with his yeah. interpretation of things. Right? But Supreme. So, the whole concept yeah. behind Supreme was 
let's get Superman back on track. And he did. Crypto wasn't in the comics back then. Mm-hmm. But he came up with this great concept, Radar, the Hound Supreme, right. with those wicked translators on his neck, you know, every now and then you see something, like, I feel it in my untranslatable. I mean, genius. You know, getting back to the whole idea of like a, the Supremium and multiple versions of Superman. And oh, it, yeah. It reinvigorated Superman. They brought back fucking yeah. crypto because well, of that. When there was that story that there was this Galactus type thing going to destroy and he had no way he, he went through the entire Deluxe, universe I think it was. yeah and he had no he went all over the universe to find out and he went into other universes he talked to everybody and they're like mm, yeah you're screwed yeah and so he yeah. just hid yeah. the earth and the moon and that in that solar system mm. so they couldn't see it like I was like oh my this is like this is sci-fi yeah. and then 1963 Superman's was again that whole like Let's get back to that, that Marvel style, that imaginative fun, the yeah, theory, yeah, uh, yeah. all those great characters. Horus, uh, uh, what was that dude with the weird red skin? The, oh, I can't think of his name right now. That's going to drive me mental. But mm. that stuff was brilliant. And then it all leading up to like that last issue was going to have you know the, the Shaft and Youngblood that never got finished. Yeah. And sadly, there's this whole fracturing between Alan Moore and Steve Bissett and Rick Veitch because all these guys, they want to bring stuff back and Moore's kind of... He's got this really stringent moral code. Yes. And he's a total weirdo that sticks to his guns in a way that it's unfortunate that yeah, at I any think time... if you cross him once, and even in an argument or something, that's... Well, if you well, push Ellis... to the point with him, he'll just cut you off. Ellis has some fun... Uh... Have you heard Ellis talk about, about more a few times a on, on, on YouTube? It's pretty funny. I always like... He goes on, he'll phone him up, and he starts just starts going on about things, and, and Warren's like... Oh, I they didn't, talk I didn't know. Well, the well, this was. A I, while I haven't back. heard any of this stuff. This That's is, they, they was a while back, and he's like, I, 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 "Good to see." Like he doesn't even start with like, "Hello," like he goes, "Hello, Warren," and he just goes, right. And and then he stops for a long time, right. and and he's thinking about what he's going to say next. And Warren's like, "Well, hi, Alan. Really surprised." To and then he starts going again. Like he doesn't even let. Warren finished saying hi to him or how right. you doing or what like and he just goes on about some and and then he goes on about say the company or the this and that or one thing that he read about this and uh and and it it was just funny watching these YouTubes like hearing about it right I don't know if they still talk I don't know right. I've actually stopped following Warren Ellis because I found that I found I followed him I was especially after meeting him I was like reading and everything and I read that book and then I was disappointed with that because I felt it was just his. His just blog. went with uh, everything crooked little vein. Crooked little vein. Because it felt book. like just his blog too. Yeah, and then I didn't pick up his second book because I I was disenfranchised, and I kind of got disenfranchised by Warren Ellis. And after that, disenchanted. You know, know, disenchanted. Yeah, just, yeah, disenchanted. But I didn't get in buy into any of his stuff. I know he did a bunch of cool fantasy stuff. My friend uh, Arctic Rod sort of mentioned and showed some stuff here, and I know he came back to do some X Men run. And uh, oh, there's these ghost box stuff that was fun. ghost box, and yeah. Good, and then and then he came back to and then he went off and did the anime stuff. And uh, that was weird, but that wasn't yeah. because of him, that was because it was anime stuff, right? Right, but no, I'm just saying, like, it, and then I kind of lost track of what was going on because I kind of yeah. was like, Warren's self, Warren was awesome with self promotion, just got to be a little too much, right? I got you, and, and there it, was it a was fuck like, ton of stuff, and then oftentimes, too, there was the whole like, when are you gonna finish this, you know, and you know, Dr. Sleepless Don't. sort of just just ended because I think it just didn't go anywhere yeah unfortunately there's and there was a lot of that sort of stuff you know like uh, Wolf think, God was a lot yeah. of fun but it I just think sort he of, tried a lot of IPs gravel you know yeah I think he tried a lot of IP related stuff yeah and I think he was trying to edge something towards and I'm not I don't, I don't know Warren if you're listening cause you, you won't be listening but <laughs> you are sorry if, I, if I'm interpreting this wrong but I think he did a lot of IPs maybe in the way that uh, Miller did right 
Mark without Millar. creating Millar world. Yeah, with that in and then yeah, without creating a yeah, and then it didn't go anywhere, or maybe it, yeah. he didn't push it enough, or he didn't. Well, it's Avatar. Know. Avatar is just weird. Avatar is this weird. Avatar is like the the subgenre of subgenre comic industries, you know. Yeah. Like books like Ignition City or Black Summer. These things were fucking great. No Hero. These things were fucking great, but yeah. hardly anybody knew about them. Yeah, Black you know? Summer was good, but I just didn't know where it was gonna go. Yeah, I was like, okay, so you, is the is all I'm gonna read about you just killing a bunch of people? Like it, it's your authority cranked up to a hundred. Okay, eventually well, it's gonna get a little boring. Yeah, and I mean, the thing about Black Summer that I loved was it was sort of like that, but at the same time, the big difference was that Black Summer was sort of like the authority. They go out and they tackle shit, and they do the job that needs to be done. The difference there being is that th they fucked up. Yeah. You know, Buddy didn't yeah. need to kill the president. Right. He went too far. You know, he, he, he became just as bad as the president himself was in becoming this mass murderer. And one of the weird things I find about Warren Ellis stuff is that, you know, he touches on these great sort of moral imperative concepts... But oftentimes there is a lack of moral center. Sort mm. of like Garth Ennis. You know, Garth Ennis at one point said, you know, he doesn't believe in superheroes because he doesn't believe people can ever be heroic like that. Which to me breaks my heart. You're going to say that you've never met somebody who's truly altruistic? Really? You can't imagine someone actually being Superman good? That, that The idea behind a character like that is to embody all the good characteristics in everything. Is to, to be... A mythical character that represents something like hope. That, yeah, the idea is isn't to make somebody who's hyper realistic. The idea is to make someone that you can aspire to be. Right. You know, while writing him out in a way that makes him vaguely realistic. Mm -hmm. You know, which is where you, you end up with the Zack Snyder concept being really difficult to parse because he tried to make him hyper real. He did make a hyper realistic take on Superman, which is really difficult for people to absorb. You know, the the longer I've, Wonder Woman really changed my mind to the DC universe. Wonder Woman came out, and I was I there's a big guy defending Batman v Superman, defending Man of Steel, and I still enjoy those films. But after watching Wonder Woman, I all the more understood why people were so upset with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman that, that there wasn't enough hope in them. Yes, the Snyder thinks you can you can throw all this uh, darkness. Uh, onto characters that people presuppose as being bright and optimistic and heroic, and the 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 positiveness that people bring to those characters uh, is enough, as opposed to him writing that in there. You know, like uh, the moment where Pa Kent and him had that. Uh, what, what was they supposed to do? Just let them die? I don't know. Pa Kent says maybe. I mean, I got where he was going with that, and I thought that was a brilliant moment in exploration and two people talking about morality. But he should have had some moments. Where Pa Kent actually had positive things to say. Pa Kent was Pa Kent that we've read. Yeah. As he opposed was to, never Pa Kent. He was just. Well, I, I got Kevin where he was going with that Pa Kevin. Kent. That, that his take on Pa Kent wasn't the perfect man. They had all the perfect answers all the time. But he should have. There should have been a balance where they talked about the moral gray area and he presented the positive side. Right, like there could have been right. one simple statement along the lines of doing good things leads to people doing good things for you. That when you put good out into the world, it comes back at you. Yeah, yeah, something like that. There was, I agree. There was never any hope or positivity in either of the movies. Yeah, Pa Kent didn't. He was a very morally gray character. Yeah. Even in Batman v Superman, there's that whole story and, about and we flooded Snyder, that whole yeah. farm and killed all these people. Ah, 
You know, now he was going on about how horrible it was and how he did the right thing to save these people, but th there was never that moment where Pa Kent was just positive. It, where he it just had pa Kent. fully positive. Who was the guy that that Clark yeah. Yeah. or Cal L would go to when he was like, I, 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 I don't know what to do. Yeah, Pa oh. Kent was an upper for, for yeah. Clark, not a downer. In yeah, the movies, I mean, I always, always remember the recent, I'll give it to DC Comics in the last, say, 10 years. One of the best things that they did was that well, before. Pa died yeah. was Pa and him having the beer the outside beer. the root beer. They changed the, the root beer. That was changed so the root beer, which the root was the lame. idea that Superman can't drink is so there, lame. Yeah, sitting there having a beer with his dad and just shooting the shit. Yeah, um, and, and let me just harp on that for one more second. Okay. Yeah, the idea that beer is bad, but high fructose corn syrup bullshit is good infuriates me. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's be fair, clear here: a beer is better for you than a coke. I don't care what anybody fucking says. High fructose corn syrup's the bane of all evil in food. And beer is not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. And besides, Superman's metabolism, you know, is Pa Kent. Yeah. yeah it yeah. doesn't... Yeah. It was so stupid they had it to was, change that. Like, yeah. Fucking pandering nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. I got okay. the whole thing with not letting people smoke in Marvel. Not letting Superman and his dad have a beer. I I get Fuck the non-smoking thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I get. Encouraging it. people to smoke is bad. Encouraging people to have a drink, one drink, as adults with their father, isn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's one of the oldest things in humanity. Having a drink with someone, having a smoke with someone, isn't so much. Yeah. And it's been phased out because it's fucking horrible for you. Well, look at look at what they've done. I'm going to go hit back on uh, Secret Empire. What do they call uh, uh, Tony in the new Secret Empire world? The drunk. Right. Go talk to the drunk. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't understand that. At, I still don't understand the, the reference. No? No. Do you mean the bottle? He's not. He's a freaking hologram. He can't be drunk. Oh, yeah, but the personality engrams are based off somebody who's a drunk. You know. I get that, but he can't be drunk. And they still insinuate that he's got these drunk tendencies. He rambles on and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but he's a freaking hologram. Yeah, but that that he that can't be the drunk. AI would still have the 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 personality engram based off somebody with alcoholism. I guess so. Still, just, the AI, it just, if it's based off of an alcoholic, but still it just has bothered the alcoholic me. mind. Yeah, I guess it just bothered me why they had to demean him. I see what you're saying, though. Like, but why because, are you demeaning But that's exactly it. That's, that is exactly it, because when people are pissed with Tony, they'll go right for the, you fucking drunk. I guess. You know. I guess. And there's still And I elements. still didn't understand, because he was the one who turned on the air conditioning, he got their, the base going. Right. Why would you be, be demeaning a guy right. who, I understand, he's an asshole. He's coming off like an ass. Yeah. Because he's Mr. AI, maybe, and he's, or he's given up, like he did with the, the disc and everything, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I guess the counter to that is, well, a fucking drunk, and just call him a yeah. but it Really? Let's not call him a drunk. It's just like, it's like I hear what someone you're saying, said uh, the wrong word. Uh, it's like the Hank Pym thing. It's uh, a wife beater. Uh, yeah, Hank Pym. He oh, my God. Janet once way back. That whole thing. And they constantly referred to him as a wife beater after that. Oh. Like, well, okay, that look. Issue five pushed. or whatever, when they talk to Hank in Secret Empire. Oh, right, right, right. And they go right over the top. All, Ultron and, is yeah. Ultra, well, they, that whole thing is like, I, I'm i trying to I'm trying to avoid that that even happened in, in the okay Marvel Universe. That. I'm okay with that. Are you? Because I, I don't like that's how that, they're like, that, you know that, what? Uh, Screw it. Great. No one ever liked you. Um, 
That I hate. We, you know, that I fucking. Despise. And I'm like, wait, are you serious? The guy that rewriting of the history. guy gives a huge part of this, setting this yeah. up. Yeah. He, they send him in to look for the freaking Beyonders. Like yeah. he has a huge I, role I right in the Marvel universe. I love Hank Pym. Yeah, One of me the best too. Things I ever got to do in comics was my wife and I got. To, I probably told you about this. Yeah. right? We got to pose for that issue where they reconcile the relationship. It was brilliant, and everything was set right with the Hank and Janet. And then along came motherfucking Chuck Austin yeah. and reminded everybody about that stupid little, oh, Hank's a wife beater. He hit her once. Being a wife beater and somebody who hit their wife once when he was pushed to the edge of his sanity by a bad guy is kind of a different thing. I mean, okay, if you're being a prick, you could focus on the fact that he hit her once mm-hmm. when he was being manipulated by a supervillain. Yeah. But... If you look at the totality of his life, that yeah, was did they, did they con- did that he was the anomaly. Abuse her? No, he was an abuser. Yeah. And it goes she back to that yeah. Sarnik thing we were talking about. Oh yeah, you know where yeah. she suddenly becomes a completely different person. But he goes, "Why is she acting so different?" Yeah. At that moment, everybody should have been like, "What the fuck is up with Hank? This isn't Hank." Yeah. All of a sudden, it was uh, he was always a schlub, and we hated him. Like, fuck off. And for that matter, you know that actually the the notion of the unstable molecule was in Ant Man before it was in the Fan Four. He came up with unstable molecules, and then they gave it to Reed Richards because he was supposed to be smarter, and it made more sense for a right. whole fan for thing. And right, right. Well, yeah, they, they, a, lo- a while back, uh, even before the Hickman run, I think I remember a crossover where um, Reed went and talked to one of the people who was talked to. It was Hank, yeah. And he went and yeah. talked to Hank, and they were talking about stuff. And Hank's like, I'm "Still kind of mad that you took away my." My unstable molecules. Thing. I mean, I, 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 I. I, I oh, kinda, really? I remember that. Yeah, I kind of like they just kind of like had a, like a cool. side thing. It's like, eh, I didn't like that you took that, but I don't. You know what? There's just so much going on in the <laughs> right. world that I, you know, especially right. whatever you've brought up, because yeah. you know they'd only go and talk about yeah. like epic things, which led to more of the Illuminati storylines right. going on. Where yeah. even Ben, I got to give it to Bendis going back, where even his original Illuminati stuff. Um, which I made on my old blog. I made a funny thing where, uh, where uh, the Illuminati, because it was uh, it was just before the end of my old my old site and um, the original between the original stables between stables, which I still have to go through and clean up all the because it did get infected and I just never cleaned up the code. Excuse me, and, and uh, the old pages and put them back up. But one of them I had was like when Doom came in and they they, they all tried to take out Doom, like mm-hmm. the evil Illuminati tried to take yeah, out Doom. Yeah, yeah. And I just got a picture of like. They're talking to Doom, and he's like, "I am Doom." And another picture, you know, it, it didn't happen in the comic. It's what I kind of wanted, right? And they, you know, we're gonna do this. I am Doom. We're gonna do this. I am Doom. And then they just decide <laughs> yeah, to take right. him out, and they the yeah. huge, you know, blow up, yeah. and then there's yeah. Doom standing there amongst them all because he's Doom. He is and, Doom. And uh, you just you can't. But they got the upper hand in that comic, which I was like, uh, okay. Well, it was the Loki thing, right? It was. Because Doom didn't account on Loki siding with them. Right, so right, right. As soon right. as Loki did. And then hey, I want to go back to the... You mentioned earlier on the whole thing with that guy from Banshee being the perfect Doctor Doom. Yes. Um, uh, which, I think Doom should be a little prettier than that guy. But mm-hmm. uh, I recently watched that Netflix uh, original movie, Spectral. Oh, okay. Which uh, was a lot of fun until halfway through, or about three-quarters of the way through, where they just decided to sort of toss the rules out the window. Oh. They, these, these creatures that are fighting had these sort of rules set to them, and all of a sudden that all changed, and they just, oh. you know... It, it really falls apart in the second half. But the lead for that would have been a perfect... You'd be a perfect Reed Richards. Oh, really? It's all about this super smart engineer guy. And, oh, well, yeah. yeah, check it out. I, yeah. I've, I've looked at it a few it's, times. It's okay. It's got a, a lot of promise, and like I say, it falls apart in the second half. Uh, uh, it's all of a sudden everything becomes very convenient. 
uh, to wrap stuff up and, yeah. and get yeah. to the third arc and finish yeah. it. Oh, it's too bad. It is. Um, one last thing. I, I, I don't know if you've heard about it or you've read, read, but my biggest, biggest grief, because one of my best villains is Doom. Yeah, Where he's one of the all-time best villains. Doom? Well, he's, uh, he just was with the, um, well, I guess you mean through Secret Empire. In Secret Empire. Yeah, good question. I guess we he don't is, know. They have not done yeah, good point. anything good point. anywhere. I dug through yeah. a whole bunch of digital stuff. I he's in the Avengers all the just other before stuff. that, yep. and then he fades off. Yeah, and then he has been taken by his mother in his series, but yeah. there's nothing saying that. There's nothing showing her with anybody. Like, she didn't go and talk. Like, if they want to say that he was kidnapped or something, you got to give me one issue right. where you had Madame right. Hydra, the new woman, or what new Madame Hydra, have that one talk with her. Because they're the only ones to talk to. She's, the, she's their witch. Gotcha. gotcha. Right? Gotcha. And I like that she's dead. i got to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep going on. I'll be that's right cool. back. Indeed. Um, so so that's so my one thing, you know, that in, uh, in Secret Empire... Oh, crap. I don't want to go on Secret Empire, but... You gotta fill those gaps in, and if Doom isn't there for another reason, if Doom comes, we have two issues left. If Doom comes back and is a bit of a savior, leads something in, that can't be good. Oh crap! Do I have the thing? Oh. Um, that just can't be good in any way. Um, that. That, that would be like another... It's bad enough that they did the barf, inhuman barf, who can clone anything, barf something up. But I don't want to go on about... Um, we've done... We've, we've talked that to death. Still, Doom needs to come... Doom needs to have more of a presence. And his current series uh, and the crossover with... Um, uh, with uh, the new... Okay, sorry, I'm getting lost in... Uh, I'm getting lost in my mixer here. The crossover with uh, Riri Williams, the new Ironheart, um, and the whole Latavia or um, Latavia, yeah, Doom's world, Doom's country is um, Latveria. Is uh, yeah, it's 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 a big gap that needs to be filled in this uh, whatever they're going to move on with next. And if they're going to bring Iron Man back, or they're going to, what are they going to do with Doom? And what, what? I, Doom can't be a villain again after Secret Wars. I understand that, um, but what do you do with them? Um, it's, it's a big question for Marvel. And are they going to finish it? Are they going to wrap that up in some way in, in Legacy? I'd like to see Legacy have a Doom issue. Um, give me the new Doom, and give yeah. me the give me the old yeah. old grumpy. Latverian ruler doom and, and have them hash it out kind of thing. That'd be fucking great. That'd be awesome. I guess the problem right now is that whole issue of Fan 4 being off the table. That I think that, that, that yeah. they probably won't bring Doom back as a bad guy until they're ready to bring back the Fan 4. I agree. And they're not going to be ready to bring back the Fan 4 until they get their fucking heads out of their ass about this whole beef with Fox. Yeah. If you're this, this, this whole concept of Marvel maybe potentially like... Buying Fox? No, it's selling out their... Uh, 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 not selling out their their comic line, but um, uh, uh, sort of letting other people do Marvel comics. Oh, this whole idea that maybe DC would be doing Marvel comics. There's this whole idea that that, I that couldn't see the Disney, Disney Empire might just be like, you know what, we're gonna stop doing Marvel and let other people do Marvel. I can't see that. It that's not a ludicrous. That's, that's not a Disney way of doing things. It's not. 
I mean, they went they they had such issues with Pixar, and they went off and made their own freaking di- their own their own Disney animation studio yeah, that they yeah. dropped in trillions of dollars mm-hmm. into, uh, and made some decent movies. And now then they came oh, back and I I'm think just that was the comic an, side. No, I know, but they, but if you look at the way that Disney works overall, right? right. They, I, I don't see them like Pixar is like okay we're done we're gonna go off over here now and do our own stuff and they're like well, well we're I, gonna go off over here and make our own studio yeah. then fuck you and it gets to your point when so, they when they absorbed Star Wars Star Wars comics were suddenly done by Marvel yes and they're huge sales so I don't I yeah. just don't see it yeah. I don't and then all the tie into the movies and stuff the only thing I don't like yeah, is this right, idea that they're gonna get off Netflix all Disney movies, all Disney shows, and... Well, it's a bummer for Netflix uh, people. Marvel movies, yeah. You know, but of course in Canada, we'll get a slower bleed on that one. That I think what's going to happen is... is I don't mind, I got the box, so... Right. <laughs> My whether, little hidden box. Whether or not uh, uh, it affects Canadian Netflix subscribers will yeah. depend on whether or not their streaming service is successful. Yeah. And this is this weird phase we're in where it's the way everything always works. Netflix is hugely successful. Everybody wants to copy that rather than jump on board the Netflix platform and work with what's already working everybody yes. wants to replicate it yes. and that's failing left right and center you know Amazon's kind of there but kind of not they've managed to get a few properties that are working but well they just got Kirkman Kirkman re-signed didn't yeah, re-sign yeah. with AMC yeah, too, yeah. and is going over to Amazon yeah. that's huge for them it's yeah we'll see if it goes anywhere yeah, I mean, if he's, you know, if he's really going to do an Invincible series, I mean, that'd, that'd be, be huge. Crazy. That yeah, God Amazon's got crazy. the money f- money to throw at it, right? They do. Amazon. I'm still surprised Amazon hasn't bought Hulu, but I think it has something to. It has more Hulu's to do with NBC, NBC, and their fingers there, right? Yeah. Am- Amazon and NBC, they've always been back and forth. Right. Are they going to buy each other right. or what? Right. I feel like the PlayStation so. Network that tried their own streaming with powers that totally yeah. failed, completely yeah. failed. It mainly it failed because nobody wants to. Nobody goes on PlayStation to watch TV. Yeah. Well, the PlayStation TV died. And like you know, I bought so. into uh, the subscription for the PlayStation, whatever oh, you, did you call it, because I wanted powers. Yeah. And then it turned out it wasn't available in Canada. So I fucking blew sixty bucks or whatever it was oh. for the year, signing up a PlayStation Plus for fucking nothing, right. and then I was hoping it eventually would come to Canada, and then when it was a failure, and it was still advertised in Canada, rather than actually finally give it to Canada, they just completely removed it from the service. Yeah, I went to go look for about a month ago, and it's gone entirely. The only powers you can get on the PlayStation Network, like, is like the first issue. Yeah, because I want to read my comic on my TV screen. I know. Like, fuck off, man. I know. Why wouldn't you just leave it there for people to at least still purchase and buy and get or into? Or just give it a part of Give it now. Just make it yeah. free now. And you get this whole idea of, like, was it the uh, the new Star Trek's going to be on their streaming service? And is that going to work? And the fucking uh, goddamn Inhumans was originally the whole idea. Oh, yeah, it was going to be on uh, that, yeah. that ABC one, which Runaways is going to be on there. Yeah. And uh, what's it called? And they were going to do... And then Gifted was not going to be on Fox. It was going to be on Fox FX. Yeah. And then it was going to be on Fox FX streaming. And now you've got and Young I'm like, Justice. Are you kidding me? Young Justice. Yay, it's coming back. Oh, it's going to be on the DC streaming service that they haven't yeah, announced with, yet. Yeah, with Renaways, yeah. And it got really popular because it was on Netflix. But you're not going to put it on Netflix. You're going to put it on this thing that doesn't that, exist now. Yeah. Because and it, 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 it pisses me off that they made something work. They created a platform, but everybody just wants to do their own thing like that. Which, all they're doing is they're dividing, the, they're, they're watering down that field. I, I feel like it's just this 
okay, Amazon's making it work, even though it kind of sucks still, because you can't just stream to your Chromecast right. like you can with fucking Netflix. There's this clunky interface that I guess just has to do with the headbutting over iPhones and fucking yeah. Amazon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I find all that it, it's it's kind of infuriating. That's why I love the box. <laughs> right. But of course, like, the problem with that is it's it's not an official thing. That nope. anybody that's engaged in the Android box world is engaged in the world of the further down the road net neutrality goes away, it the closer those boxes are to being useless. I know. If they can come after you for streaming, that's going to be done. And I it's know. this sad thing where people don't know. We're in such a weird state politically right now that yeah. people don't know the real important battles anymore. I know. You know, and people, they start to just suck into the bullshit rhetoric. So, okay, I go to a website that hosts comic books and I read one of those comic books. I'm a thief! But right. if I loan you my Scooby-Doo comic, yeah. you're not a thief. I know. I mean, okay, now I get it. I get the difference. And I understand it's a giant moral gray area. But guys like you and me, we spend a fuck ton of money on comics. And how? And if I read this yeah. thing that I like, I go out and fucking buy the thing. Okay, we're not the average guy. Yeah. But still, it's but been think... proven time and time again that that this file sharing stuff, it will boost the sales of things Yeah. overall. But I, there's I that agree. weird state. You get the weird state where you get people that aren't good at self-promotion, that are individual creators that really struggle with self-promotion. Yes. You know, you got like uh, 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 couples like... Um, uh, Comfort Love and Adam Withers, you create things like mm. the Uniques that are all over their fan base. And they're not really terribly well-known, but they've got their fan base and they make a good living and they're good at their own self-promotion to themselves. And you've got the people that aren't terribly good at that shit. Yeah. And they get really upset when they see, like, you know, Eric Larson, I've seen, he gets really upset when he sees that he, people can just download every issue of Savage Dragon out there. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons that Savage Dragon doesn't do too well, there's two big things going on here. One... It's, you know, at issue... 140 Well over... No, it's, it's like well over issue. What, the latest issue was like... A, they're approaching 300 past 300. Oh, okay. I forget. It was like a... They're well over issue 200 now. Okay. And yeah, that's right. He hasn't quite reached 300 yet. He hasn't reached that Dave Sim milestone yet. Mm. But his storyline is, is complex and mired. And the Savage Dragon... I'm going to give a big spoiler alert right now. You don't care about Savage Dragon? No. Big spoiler. Savage Dragon just died recently. Died, died, died. It was a sad thing because he wanted Malcolm to move on and he lost interest in the original character. But if you're a Savage Dragon fan, or if you get interested in the original Savage mm -hmm. Dragon character, the Chicago cop guy, and you dive into the book now, he's not in the book anymore. Right. It's all about this Malcolm, his son, which would make it already slightly impenetrable. But right. one of the biggest problems of the book is that one of his core experiments for the concept, is the, sort of the genius of the book is the downfall of the book, is that it goes in real time. So... This character Malcolm in the book, his son, has literally aged in real time before us fans. Hmm. We've watched him age in real time. Now, the problem with that ends up when you uh, when he puts out like only like six issues in a year. Yeah, yeah. That suddenly there was a year in the Savage Dragon's life, in the Dragon's life, that way less shit happened. Right. You know. So to me, I always thought that one of the things you could do is go back to those years where he didn't do a lot and tell us stories from the te past. Hmm. But right. he's lost interest in the original Dragon like that. Uh. So it's a weird concept that people don't fully understand, and that gets extra weird too, because he's always said that his universe, the Savage Dragon universe, contains all other universes. DC, Marvel, Eclipse, all this stuff. But those characters age, don't age. And everybody right. in the Savage Dragon universe ages. That's a right. weird sort of like, 
So the next time he meets up with Invincible, Invincible's still going to be the same age. But he's aged 10 years. Or it's Malcolm. Yeah, who's yeah. aged 10 years. Right. He right. was a kid last time he met him. Right. Now he's an adult who's married and has children. But right. Invincible's the same age. Maybe a year older. Who's married to Adam even has one kid. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And of course, Invincible went through a time jump. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a minor time jump that was part of the storyline. So I, those two concepts were kind of impenetrable. And, you know, I think it's part of the reason the Savage Dragon doesn't do so well. Is because if you lose track of Savage Dragon for a couple of years and you go to go back to it, a fuck ton has happened and the characters have literally evolved that much. Mm-hmm. You know, that Malcolm went from being a skinny teenager to like Savage Dragon, beefy, he's police force. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's always experimenting with it so much that it keeps fans that read the book right in the edge of their seat. But at the same time, you know, like now one of the things he's doing is there's a lot of sex in the book. Oh. And you know he draws oh, nudity right. and stuff. And there's right. penises and vaginas the, now. The cover with all which the... could throw you right the fuck off if you were reading Savage Dragon back in the day. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my god, there's that's a vagina. I wasn't I wasn't expecting vaginas. So I think he doesn't. My one want to say he doesn't understand. He's doing what he wants to do, but there's an impenetrable quality there, you know. And of course, the the back issue selection of trades and that stuff. There's big gaps and oh. you know. That's hard. It's weirdly impenetrable. Yeah. And I've been reading Savage Dragon since before Savage Dragon, since it was a Megaton book. Oh, wow. Or he was a character in Megaton. Yeah, back, I remember that. Way back. I remember that. Yeah. So I get why he gets upset over this stuff, but he's really not good at marketing and stuff. Right. He's so really then he, bad at marketing Yeah, then, then I can see a lot of indies and other creators going, well, if you're going to download my stuff, then I'm losing all that money. Exactly. Right? But then you get a guy like Michael Fife, uh, yeah. Cobra. Okay. He's doing fucking brilliant shit with Copra, where uh, when I first got into the book, the only copies that were available were like issues like uh, um, uh, 9, 10, 11, and 12, maybe like 7 or something. It was weird. Mm. I couldn't get any of the earlier issues, and I don't even think there was collect- there weren't collected editions available then. No so problem. I downloaded a torrent and got to read the whole fucking thing and waited rabidly for anything to be available and gobbled it up. I buy all the digital books, I buy all the collected editions, I subscribe and get the books monthly. Yeah. So he's got his fan base shored up and it's working great for him. Whereas, you know, Larson selling the book through Image, it's he's not making as much money as he could. Yeah. Uh, you know, each issue of Copra sells for five bucks a copy. There's there's that sort of he can FIFA can make things work with a smaller fan base because mm-hmm. it's more of a direct connection. Right. And, you know, I mean, again... I mean, there's a, there's positives and negatives, right? There like are. You, you can look there and are. go, well, if I am if I start downloading comics and I do want to buy that trade, I could buy it, I could go to the store, and I could see it on the shelf. But I don't want to spend the money now, and I've already read it. Right. You know what I mean? I do. Like, and I've seen that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I myself try to sort of bridge the thing both ways I prefer digital I loved I love that I can pull up my iPad digital, huh? and uh, I prefer digital because I, I have no room the convenience convenience I have right. no room right, right. I just uh, and I have um, I hate to say it but I, I feel like even when if I have a few I have a trade sitting up on my on my bedside table it drives my wife nuts that it's there all the time huh. right so she just like put that shit downstairs with the other stuff Right. I'm like, oh, it's not even a it's not even a superhero one. I can't imagine if it's a superhero or if it's some porny comic or something that might offend her. Is it a porny comic? Yeah, or porny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but it's not right. It's a trade for uh, what's it? Uh, Jason Aaron's title that uh, about the oh, Southern Southern Bastards? Bastards, right? Yeah, what a book! What a book. Amazing, Man. so amazing that I read it, uh, trade one to quickly boom boom was going to the acupuncturist who's right next door to Hourglass Comics. So mm-hmm. I'd walk over there between and grab a comic or, or a Funko right, and right, bring right, it home. Right. And I'd usually bring one of each and it would drive to my nuts. It's like, we can't afford this right now. Right, right. Uh, do your digital or not only can't afford it, where are you going to put it? And that was my thing. I don't have storage. I, well, I and that's when room. you become, you know, the, to the degree that you and I are where you need a whole goddamn room for it. It gets tricky. Yeah. And it yeah. is, you know, there's the whole idea of, I, I get all these collected editions because the idea is I will sell off my originals and that's a hard thing to keep up too, you know. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. I mean, you see my wall of well, one trade of wall. I have yeah, another. Yeah. I have full boxes of trades that I just don't have room for yeah. anywhere. Right. I would love to have this. I would love to get rid of a lot of them and just buy uh, omnis and stuff. But yeah, and the, the epic collections yeah. are just fucking brilliant oh. for that. And As I you love can those see, I'm like out I my love your acts of vengeance crossovers. Oh my gosh. I love the original heart uh, omnibus of that is really expensive. Son of the Son of Satan classic. I think I oh, just man, got was that. that fun. Oh. The saddest part about the Son of Satan books, having read that, that's like the complete Son of Satan classic. Yeah, is that it collects all that Marvel premiere stuff, the original appearances in Ghost Rider, and then a series. And the sad part about that was the the comic leading up to his own title was great up until it was his own title. Yeah. And it was just garbage once it was his own book. Yeah. Which wasn't to say it was some brilliant shit. I mean, that was weird 70s, weird... Very Gary weird. Friedrich. You know, like, the original artist didn't understand that... Not. Yeah, and the original artist didn't understand that... Um, I think it was Don Perlin, that uh, oh, what, yeah. what the satanic symbol was. He did it the wrong way up. Yes. So it just looked like a sheriff's badge, like a Star yes. of David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually, somebody was like, hey, dude, no, it's the pentagram. It's upside down. Like, it's not, you got, you got it the wrong way up. Right. So eventually it became a curse. He was cursed with some demon plague that made it, his chest tattoo thing go the other way around. Like, no, it was always like that. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, the explanation should have been the other way. Yeah. That he already had a curse on him, and the curse was removed and put that the way he was. it was supposed to be, because yeah. Yeah. why would Satan have a kid born with this Star of David in his chest? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. a lot of fun. He yeah. was like probably one of the most anti-heroes of anti-heroes of all time back oh. then. He was horrible. I, I love that in Mar. He's one of the characters in Marvel that they like to flip flop with, right? They fuck around with crazy. Right. He's, he's all over the good, place. Good, bad. He's good, bad. Yeah. He's and they good. actually had an Dennis Hopeless at one point. had him in not Arena, the one afterwards, the one Avengers afterwards. Underground. Yeah, Avengers Underground, yeah. which was really good. And I told him, I said, I remember tweeting to him, I was like, next issue, more, more. Uh, Hellstorm, please, yeah, right? Yeah. Please give me the Son of Satan. Can you just do a series of Son of Satan? He's like, I wish there was more of you to buy the series or something no along that line. No he tweeted, like, I, you know, he, I oh, love hopeless. to, right? He's such a, he's so hit and miss with me. Yeah. He does some stuff I love Arena so much and then stuff that makes me so angry sometimes. Unbelievable. I hated issue number one of Arena. Yeah. The way it ended with metal being destroyed. With, he's your invulnerable guy. I'm so tired of the cliche, I'm invulnerable and I get killed like that. Like, fuck. And it was Liefeld's whole problem with Supreme. He creates this character who's a total Superman knockoff. He's Superman for all intents and purposes. And then as the first chaser, he gets cut open. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm cut open. Well, if you don't establish him as a guy who's invulnerable first, him getting cut open means nothing. Yeah. If the first thing that happens to him is he gets cut open, he goes, oh my god, I'm cut open. We're like, so? you yeah. cut open. So what? Yes. What's the big whoop? Yeah. You were never invulnerable to me. Right. And then from that point on, he's always getting cut open. It's like, well, 
Where's the invulnerable part? Yeah, yeah. You gotta yeah. sell him as invulnerable, but Superman, when he got bashed in the nose in Christ and Infinite Nurse, and he's bleeding, goes, oh my god, I'm bleeding. Yes. That was a big deal, because he Huge. never bled before then. Yeah. You had 20, 30, 40 years of Superman not bleeding before that. If you do it the first fucking issue, it means nothing. And that was the whole thing with... Metal was also my favorite character from Avengers Academy, so it oh, broke really? my heart all the more. Uh, but they even never but it was explained. A good, but it was how... a good twist later, right? Because metal didn't metal not die, right? No, it was all, we it, it thought was he all didn't all die, but it was a robot. No, that's right. That's so metal right. was dead. They never even explained oh, yeah. how Arcade had that power. How was he so powerful? He was able to kill him. All that whole hovering power yeah, shit I, was like. I, I was wondering. Why when, didn't that ever get explained? I was wondering when they did the underground. I wanted our, them to come out with Arcade and being like, "Yeah, I stole shit from Doctor Doom." Yeah, it always felt to me like you that know, explanation like, of Metal being a robot should have been what they said it happened to Metal. Mm. And at some point, no, I just teleported him to a holding cell, but that never happened. And that was yeah. like, wait, 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 how, how did you become so powerful? You can kill a guy who's as tough as Colossus. Right. How the hell did that happen? But you know. And that was that whole thing with, but the rest of the series was really fun. Yeah, like I really enjoyed yeah. it. It was just that weird little. They never explained how Arcade had the power to fly and shoot beams that could destroy metal. Yeah, and now he had that underground. How everyone was like, which I I kind of liked one thing where Hellstorm's like, they're you know they had like the big bar and they're gonna destroy stuff. And yeah. He's like, just don't wreck the place. <laughs> like that's you know I get. Yeah. Arcade's the owner now. Yeah. I'm like that's fucking funny. I know at some point somebody came up with the explanation, sort of like Thanos that. There's different versions of Hellstrom. Yeah, I was hearing about that too. Which to me was an okay explanation, but you know. Yeah, I don't like it. I like well, Hellstrom. I like it someone to write him, go over all of, like, dig through and find out everything that he's done, and then come back. And I wouldn't mind him and being make sense like, out of it. Make sense, or him, like, trying to deal with it, having the grief of what he's done or, or something. Oh my he god, I very killed good. Dr. Druid. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, in a good way because he was, you know, yeah. Doctor Who was totally evil. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him in the future. I know what he was going to do, so I killed him. Yeah, at, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, or like the whole. He had a great run in the def- in uh, Champions, where he was hanging because he wasn't he was Champions kind of Champions way back in the day. He was hanging out because he was best friends with Gargoyle. Defenders, Defenders, not Champions. No, I think it was Champions. Uh, no, it's Defenders. Gargoyle wasn't in. I actually just bought the epic that's upstairs where he becomes a part of the team, and that was Gargoyle. Gargoyle is nowhere in the Champions. Uh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. I have, I've got those they make fun of the Champions and in, in the Defenders. Right, right, right. Right there, right. Champions Clan. There's only two volumes. Was there? Yeah. The one I was reading was that he, you know, that he was always hanging out, because Gargoyle was like, you know, I'm demonic, and nobody, nobody. And yeah, then Hailstorm's yeah. thing is like, which I think they wrote in there is like, I like to hang out like I feel demonic people. Man, I wish that was so upstairs like, right now. It's it's upstairs right. in the room. Oh, <laughs> bring it all back. I just got it. It's then, that that Jim uh, DeMatteis was the writer back then, and Don Perlin. Uh, and that was that weird phase where they just couldn't figure out what the fuck to do with Nighthawk. Yeah, and they ended up just killing him off, and then bringing him back with a weird version of his costume. And like, Nighthawk was a Batman analog. How hard is it to write a Batman analog? Well, like obviously hard because they, a Batman they, they, how many other versions of Nighthawk have they done, and and the dark ones and the more realistic uh, I, I ones. Like the last take. Sort of the current take. Yeah, I enjoyed that guy. But you like Although you like James Robinson's writing. So. I love James Robinson. Yeah, and I you and I had that conversation last we time. Did. But uh, I'm I still adore James Robinson. I've grabbed all the cables, um, and I've grabbed a bunch of the uh, Nick Fury's. No, I'm just waiting to. to, to I can't wait to hear what you them. say about them because fuck me. The, 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 to me, right now, Fury might be the best thing that Marvel is producing. Nick Fury. 
Probably my favorite wow. thing Marvel is producing right now. Wow. Each issue to me is just this. And it's just as much about Akko. Better than Iron Fist? You know what? I actually stopped reading it for the first issue because I wanted to buy it in collected edition. Mm. It felt to me like it was going to read way better at once. Because Nick Latest Fury, is, Nick Fury each issue is done in one, right? Each issue you can read on its own. Uh, okay. But, you know, Iron Fist is a part of this greater story arc, and yes. I find that Briss and stuff reads really well all at once. Yeah. Really well. Yeah. So I just wanted to preserve true. that experience for myself, you know. And yeah. I know the first trade is out right now, and i got to get it. Yeah, it's really good. And then get the... About the first issue. I like the, 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 the whole first, idea. Get the new issue that came out uh, before next week, because I think next week is the new, next one. The only reason I say it is uh, Vancouver. Oh, right on. Uh, and and uh, Shang-Chi. Brisson's such a cool so, guy. I like he him is. a lot. He is. He's got weird connections, cool too. Like, that whole... The, the, when he did that Secret Identities book, it took place in uh, Sudbury. Wait, that wasn't Secret Identities. What was that no. superhero book he did? The Mantle. The Mantle. For the first issue, like the, the yeah. hero that you think is going to be the hero of the book gets his head exploded. That was yeah. that was fun shit. Yeah. yeah. Why he's not doing? I mean, he's doing a lot, and I you know don't overburden him. I mean, I I liked I watched the whole thing with uh, the NBC or yeah on the NBC website. You know, the interview with him and Alex Alonso. Oh, I'm sorry. He's kind of look like he had a deer in the headlights look in the and he's like I look terrible, but he, he just used his camera and did Skype. Right. 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 So from home and uh, I was. But it was kind of funny. Alex is like, "Well, Ed, what do you think about that?" And you know, they were throwing back, and he's like talking to them. And I was like, "Well, that's kind of cool." You know, like you were in that that conversation. There was another writer uh, in the room with them, or no, an editor was sitting there with uh, Alex Alonzo, and then they had him on Skype and talking about Iron Fist and lead up to it, and then the movie and all this. And there is, I gotta say, Ed's done a really good job of. You read this, you could watch the show, and it's a, it's not a, it's not a hard reach to look at the two different Iron Fists they're, they're right. kind of I'd say that Ed's is more grounded in the comics well he loves Iron Fist he loves Iron Fist yeah and uh, and he's really kind of he's really got Iron Fist I think he's really got the yeah. latest issue of and I'm on such a love-hate relationship with Bendis we're in about 10 minutes left um, the latest issue of Defenders the new one where he's basically doing the Netflix heroes and yeah, and yeah. another universe. book I'm waiting to get out and trade. Oh, okay. The latest issue. I, I'm going to spoil one thing, which is really funny. They have a, they have a big fight, and I'm I agree with my friend Arctic Rod that uh, Bendis is Bendis has a hard time with fight scenes. They, they're they're yeah. very hit and miss. A lot more yeah. miss than hit. Like a lot more. He, he obviously doesn't write detailed fight scenes. Yeah, I think he lets the artist go, yeah. and if the artist isn't the best at setting up the fight scene, yeah. it's just going to f- seem weak. Oh, Mark Grunwald, so. how I missed your fight scenes. Oh, yeah. But this <laughs> one he did, or who, even if he gave it to the artist, it was so good because <laughs> Iron Fist comes back and just just like a whole page of fight. It's right, just right. awesome, right? And Jessica's like, oh my God, he's not dead. He Because he looks like he died panthouse before and then after the whole fight and everything he leans over and it's total bendis right it's total bendis because he can do people doing little uh chats with each other or talking around a table he's quite good at that yeah he's, that's kind of his, his thing that's his thing and he leans over and says okay get me in a car and get me to a hospital now <laughs> right. i'm in excruciating right. pain right you know but the little tiny words right yeah. to jessica right yeah. and then they have to go back and her car got fucked up in the thing so they they have to flip her car over, and then she drives off in this right. beater, and it's all right, fucked right, up. Right. And I'm like, I, I gotta say that Bendis is hitting it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it reminds can, me of that. Uh, do you remember the first time the Batman and uh, Deathstroke fought in the Deathstroke comic book? 
Mm-hmm. It was a really fun storyline, and Destro beats Obviously him. Cool. And at the end of the fight, and go figure. Aparo? Destro. No, that was um. Uh, it was Marv Wolfman, but oh, that okay. artist uh, Steve something. He's Steve not Idol? really around. No, he was. He was an artist who did Checkmate, and um, oh. uh, the original Checkmate book. And I can't think of his name right now, and he's sort of faded from comics. Yeah, okay. But at the end of the fight, I think I know you're talking about at the you. end of the fight, Deathstroke says something effective. My insides are a bloody mess right now. If I didn't have a regeneration factor and I wasn't superhuman, I'd be dead. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Brilliant shit, you know. Those yeah. little moments where you, you can accept. Are oh, so okay, good. I can accept that you be Batman if you're that fucked up on the inside. And besides, you're a guy who takes on the whole Teen Titans. Fair enough. <laughs> you know. It's like it's like when I like Bendis when he wrote. I actually liked when Iron Man joined uh, Guardians. Uh, I know it all led into the movie, the Iron Man, right, the, right, all that right. stuff. But I liked it, the little bits like where Iron Man's armor's all screwed up, right? And he's trying to piece it all together. And he can't make things work or whatever on the ship. He just doesn't have it. And Rocket comes over and he picks up the, the little machine. He's like, well, just use this. Right, right, totally. Don't you have one of these things on Earth? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Are you an idiot? You can pick this up anywhere in the universe. Yeah. And he kind of throws it into his toolbox. And I'm like, right. ah, there's a little funny little, little, and it's such a little tidbit because it was, there's so much else going on. Uh, Iron Man or Tony just slept with uh, Gamora. Oh, I, and I haven't read the, that whole series either. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I, I, no, 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 it's all but good. Then, it's all and good. then, and then, Star Lord's got like there's a weird conversation there. that they have in the morning, you know. Right. And then they're like, and he's like, "Well, you better get used to Gamora and how she is." And then she comes in and completely acts like nothing happened. Right. right. Tony's like, and he's like, "Yeah, that's Gamora. <laughs> that's how it is." And he's like, "Oh." And then Drax finds out about it, and he's like, "Wow, we have the Earth Man. You slept with him." And then he's, she's like, "Shut up!" And he's like, "You know." Later on, he brings it up. It was very similar to the he maybe riffs on the movie, right? You, right, right? Well, you slept with an Earth Man, right? You know, uh, my my only issue with Guardians of the Galaxy back then was I fucking loved the DNA book. Oh, and when they rebooted right it like you. that, it it was hard for me to get into it, especially since that first design for Starler was so lame. That weird, those two phases of the the white costume, that oh, yeah. weird, stupid white thing he wore. Yeah. Then that second stupid, overly complicated, where they tried to uh, sort of pay homage to his original Star Lord look. But oh yeah. It just got weirdly complicated. I didn't like that the Star Lord look was basically became the Marauders logo. Right. I was like, well, not really. It was actually from the first war that he Man. had with Richard Ryder. Well, that's one of the weirdest things about that is that. The movie is so different than the comics. The fact <laughs> yeah, that they've been trying to make the comics just totally line up to the movie is kind of infuriating. Mm-hmm. You know, the current design for Star-Lord is awesome. I love that look. It's the perfect blend of all Star-Lord. We get the face mask that we love, mm-hmm. with the sort of open that the movie, the move open top that the movie popularized. Right. But the classic emblem with the classic blue. Yes. But then the sort of pants look like pants. It, yeah. I thought it was a perfect blend, and I love this movie guns. The fact that they've stuck to the movie guns, those movie guns are fucking cool. Well, as element guns, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. They just never, they never played out in the movie how great they are because they can switch. No, they're just he guns. Switch, in the yeah, they're just guns in the movies, yeah. but he can switch different elements and he yeah. can shock people or he yeah. can blow out water. And the whatever, fact that he's back to being able to fly a little bit, yes, you know, because it was his whole thing. He flew in space with a crazy gun and yeah. ship, and you know, the fact that that was lost over time is kind of. I loved that DNA way back in the day when they first so did the good. whole thing. I had a hard time with that very first Star Lord miniseries because the art was. I think it was Pascal Ferry was coming into from doing European work. Uh, very European Star-Lord Mobius. Series? Yeah, it was way back. Ooh, like DNA 
starting guardians at so that So you're time. talking like Annihilation. Even before that. It was like a oh, start okay. it was like they did start they I did Guardians, Star Lord, Drax, and Well Annihilation it. started the Annihilation storyline started with the first Drax series. Oh, and then okay. Went to, then um, maybe this was a, it was the same time. And then yeah. Star Lord was, was uh, they were using the Star Lord that was popularized in the Thanos book that was started out being written by Starlin, and then right. Giffen took it over, and right. that's where he sort of rejiggered up Star Lord with the cybernetic bits, and he doesn't fly anymore, and he gave up being called Star Lord. Mm. And then they did, the, they did the yeah, it was the Star Lord miniseries where they reinvented the Guardians of the Galaxy. That was I think the first. I think that was the first one was written by Giffen. It was written by Giffen, where there was that they were the Shi'ar. Group that's right. That's right. They were like all prisoners of war, right. basically. Back when Groot talked, right. And then when he sacrifices himself at the end of that, it was when he came back. There's a baby moment where he talked, and then he went to the I am Groot. DNA created the I am Groot yes. concept. Yes. Yeah. We have like four minutes to wrap it. Copy that. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you. And I've got to buy the omnibus though, because I, I like so the run. Good. I've got some trades, and I yeah. liked it a lot. And I've always wanted to read the whole thing. I like where it's at now too. It seems like a really solid book. But for me, Marvel's hard to buy in singles. It's it's that whole that, that when I get a three ninety nine book yeah. that's made of complete shit quality, where the the best thing about it is the digital code. That's a pain in the ass, anyways. Right. That whole digital code thing. I've heard me talk about this in the past. Yeah. But I find it just overall infuriating. Who wants to destroy it or have to go through this painstaking peel off the sticker thing that oh, I know. damages your book? If you want your book to be back to its normal, if you're an OCD mental case like me, it's all about getting the Q-tip out and re-sticking that thing back on. I fucking hate that. I hate it so much. God. Yeah, why don't you just put the code out there? But I guess some people would put it in... I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, it would seem to me the best solution would be to you give a pile of code to the retailer... So when somebody buys the book, then you hand them that. Yeah, yeah. I know that might be a little clunky, but to me that would seem like the best solution. That don't have the code be something that you damage the book for. Right. But have it be something the retailer has. So that you need to buy the book to get it. And yeah, mm -hmm. maybe it's just like a little extra little package of things that comes along with your whatever, but how hard would it be? And yeah. Probably just a little bit of shipping cost. Ah, comics. Yeah. It's an infuriating thing because there's that whole quality of how much of a subgenre it is. You know, we love our comic books, but the best-selling comic doesn't sell anywhere close to a million copies. I know. You know, we're, we're such a weird, small segment of the entertainment industry, but people think we're way bigger than we are because we have this influence that's bizarre. Yeah, it's that, do you think when the comics movies are going to die, comics are going to maybe... I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to the notion they're ever going to die. I, I don't either, but I have a, I have a wonder if Hollywood's just going to take a break on it. Yeah, they might shrink. Yeah. It should get to a point where there's less of them, but mm. I can't imagine they're ever going to die entirely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You never know. I guess we, well, we guess we will know, but, uh, well, we <laughs> yeah. won't know if there's a trump apocalypse. but... Uh, oh, no shit. Um, Hi, Korea. Oh, we're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nuclear war does seem like Do a thing on the table, to, I mean, doesn't it? Does, Quick segue: it's The world need to. I went through that in the fucking eighties, worrying yeah. about fucking. Every war. night I'd hear a plane fly overhead. I thought I was gonna die. Dude, right there, like right there. We had Every to watch night. this movie called "If You Love This Earth." It was all about oh, or the, the impending day after? doom. Remember well, the day I, after? Yeah, yeah. In school, oh. I was forced to watch a thing called "If yeah. You Love This Earth." You know about yeah. the doomsday clock. And yeah, we were gonna die by the nineties. Yeah, there was no way around it. And it was like way to raise a generation of people terrified of death. Yeah, you know. 
Great way to end the, <laughs> end the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Us in our 40s, man. Us people in our 40s were raised in that era. It's like, yeah, yeah we were raised with the impending. It was all going to end. We were all going to die. Yeah. There was no way around it. Watchmen was an expression of the terror that the world is under the, the, the constant fear of all it takes is that one idiot to press a button and it's over for fucking all of us. Yeah. And it's scary that, that, that people still want that fear or use that fear in a, in a way to fuel whatever other mandates they have. Yeah. You know, and it's it's scary that our world and that our society now wants to go back, like a big portion of it wants to go into that. You know, yeah. it's like, why do you want to sit in fear? Those understand. that uh, fail to remember history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. It does feel like the world right now is run by supervillains. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we need a superhero. We do. We do need a superhero. And on Justin that note, Trudeau isn't it? Uh, <laughs> no, he's just pretty. <laughs> he is. I mean, I know you put out a wonderful post about Trudeau, but I'm still like, yeah, oh, he's not my guy. He's just pretty. He is he on track right now anything. financially. The one, th- I'll give him credit for that. The, everything they made, the, everything they promised, they're on point with right now. But could that also be just like people are saying in the states? Okay, we've got like like two seconds. Okay, we're gonna just wrap it here. We are. And we're gonna because talk we're talking about politics and yeah, we're not. We don't want this apology. GDP uh, podcast. Have a good one. Talk to you whenever we decide to do another one. Toodles. Later's. Bye. We're waving at you. <laughs>